Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty number 84. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. Who's 84? Randy Moss. No. Minnesota Vikings receiver, Randy Moss. It's the only 84 that needs to be mentioned. Yes, and we'll get to the Vikings later on in the show. Well, I mean, I you could say Brown, but I think Brown wore it because of Moss, but well, meh. Oh, yes, Antonio Brown. He is 84. Uh, but he's playing golf this weekend, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I guess we have to start on a serious note, on a creepy note, because, yeah, it's a sports story that's going on. We, we've we kind of touched on it briefly. Uh, oh, bad word choice. But uh, Dr. Oh. Larry Nasser being sentenced today. Oh, Michigan State. This is bad. This, this is real bad. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, this... Oh, I. It doesn't seem like it was as as I I, don't, I hesitate to say it doesn't seem like it was as widespread as far as the people who knew or had some idea of this was going on as Penn State was with uh, uh, what's his face uh, Sandusky. Sando yeah Sandusky thank you um, yeah I was about to get down on myself then I was like why do I need to know this fuck's name. He's out of society for the rest of his life. That's all that matters. But yeah. Anyways, um, doesn't seem like it was is is what the knowledge and and you know rumors were as widespread of him doing this <clears throat> to this. I mean, what is it like a hundred and twenty different female gymnasts of various various ages? Most most well underage. When I the say number I saw was a hundred and twenty five. Guys, I, this is just. I guess the devil's advocate speaking, I guess. I don't know. But it, it's 125 women, and nobody said shit. Here's the thing. He would do some of this shit with the parents in the room to girls. I mean, we're talking young, young girls. And he would say, oh, it's a medical procedure. And they just took him at, at, at his fucking word, which tells me that there needs to be a lot more education about what the fuck doctors are supposed to do and not do in gym, in, in gymnastics, period. I mean, I, I can't imagine a situation. My daughter, 10 years old, 11, 12, whatever, she's a gymnast. And the doctor's telling me, well, I need to, ins- I need to insert, you know, I need to p- digitally penetrate her anally and, and vaginally to align something in her without me going, oh, yeah. you're not doing either, homeboy. You, and on top you, of that, did, yeah. she's leaving the room and I'm now beating the shit out of him for even suggesting he's going to do that. All right. That's just so I, it's not dude. You're not playing devil's advocate. I thought the same thing. Is some of this, these parents were just so dead set on seeing their daughter succeed. They said, well, if he, he's, he's a doctor, he's a professional, he wouldn't make this up. And with some of it, just them going, well, if this helps, I'll turn a blind eye towards it. I, I, I don't and, and know. And once again, dude, I'm, I'm still sitting here going, what? 
the actual fuck. That is just, I, I can't, I can't count the ways that this shit is just all sick and terrible and twisted. Yeah, fuck Nasser, you know, like Sandusky, fuck him, he's gonna die in prison, I ain't, ain't spending my breath on him. Oh, that's gonna happen. Oh, he will be fucked. Right, so, but the parents and 125 women that just didn't say nothing about what this man had done all, all these years, I, I can't even. No, they, they, did say. they did oh, say. There is a hell, there's a special place in it for some of these parents. Because that's, because it makes you, you start asking the question, what's more fucked up? Him for doing it or them for letting him do it and turning a blind eye? Because that's, it, to me, that's like kind of almost even more fucked up. I, I, a little bit more fucked up, yeah. I'm going there. And, and as far as saying something, these girls, I mean, because I, I don't know the very specifics of the story because even though it does have a local connection to where two-thirds of this show live here in Michigan, for whatever reason, maybe just because it's such a fucking disgusting story, I haven't really heard in-depth coverage of it on like sports talk radio. It's almost been regulated to like mainstream news. Like they mention it during sports talk radio, they condemn it, they say how sick it was, and then they just gloss over everything that happened. I have yet have yet to hear a local personality really go into detail about what he was doing. Most of the details I got was was from news anchors who don't usually ever talk about sports. So I don't know the exact numbers of these girls that spoke up. I don't, and I don't know the exact numbers of parents who brought up that, hey, is this normal? And people either said no and didn't do anything or said no, it's not normal, and tried to do something and were shut down. But I do know that, I mean, the state of Michigan is, is, is already moving to make it impossible for Michigan State University to pay out settlements with any money they get from, from taxes because they are a public university. So, I mean, the state of Michigan's already positioning itself like, uh-uh, you're not going to pay our, you're not going to pay off your fucking, your doctor's victims with taxpayer money. This is going to have to come out of you guys' ass. I don't know how the fuck... One, the athletic director still has a job, and the president of the university still has a job. I mean, you got universities around the country firing professors, firing uh, uh, deans of, of, the, you know, of education because they allowed a costume party to happen where someone dressed up in an offensive costume to somebody. This is a case of... I mean, this is not just once or twice. 125. I mean, think about that. We're talking generations of girls he was doing this to, you know, coming in and out, in and out. And it's just, I, it blows my mind. I mean, to, to, for, for people who aren't really privy to the story, there's four days of, vict, of, 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 of his victim's testimony that has to be gone through before he's sentenced. Four-day four sentencing here. Days. Yes. That's not, you know, something that usually takes 15 minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not, and it's not a two, those aren't two hour days. Those are court begins at eight, you break for lunch at 11, you come back at 1231, and you go till five. Four full days of court to testify at his sentencing hearing. That is a lot of victims coming forward, and not all of them are. The good majority of them are, but not all of them are, are, 
are wanting to stand there and say they're peaceful. Only 98 of the 125. And I can't blame them. I mean, I, if, if this happened to my daughter and she said, I don't want to see that piece of shit again, fine, then you won't have to. But if she came to me and said, you're damn right, I want to look him dead in his eye and tell him what a piece of shit he is. All right, let's do this. I mean, but then again, if it was my daughter, it's probably a good thing they have cops and metal detectors in courtrooms. Because I don't know if I could... try to sneak in a bazooka. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know, dude. And then, and then you have, you know, like Michaela Maroney apparently sued uh, United States Gymnastics. She was given a $1.25 million settlement and part of the settlement was she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, so she can't even speak up at the hearing, or else she's fined a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I'm sorry, but once, how can you sign a non-disclosure agreement for something a crime? I mean, this isn't you're a personal assistant, and I don't want the world to know that, you know, what type of porn I watch or. You know, where you shop for my underwear or whatever the fuck. I don't want you selling shit to the Inquirer about me. This is a crime being committed. And not not a person, once again, not a personal assistant watching someone smoke weed. Watching their employer smoke weed or snort coke. This is like, short of murder, the most horrendous crime we have. Pretty much. In this, in this case, is, this guy's just systematically abusing these girls. Just having them brought to him. And it seems like he was so slick with, it, slick with it. And I don't mean slick as in, you know, in any type of good. I don't know. I don't say that word in any, in, in any type of positive connotation in this situation. But it seems like he was so slick with it that he could convince people around him that, no, no, what I'm doing is, is it's a legitimate medical procedure. They need this done. So that means his line of bullshit, he had down to a fucking fine art. You don't get to be that good of a liar unless you lie all the time, especially about a subject like that. And I, I have to wonder how many you know, girls just have never come forward or like, I'm never going to say anything. You well, know, from I, what I'm reading, Rich, the women, the girls that got molested by him didn't even know they were, quote, molested. Until they were like 12 to 16 years old. That's what I'm saying. He was telling them these are medical procedures. I mean, this, this, is, this is what makes it to me this much more heinous. When you're a little kid, you believe what an adult tells you. Especially a doctor. If I went to a doctor's office and they told me I had to have some sort of... He had to perform some sort of procedure on me. I mean, 9, 10 years old... How many kids are going to stand up and go, oh, I don't fucking think so, walk out and go, he just tried to finger me. Right. Most kids are just going to go, you know, you know, I don't want, I don't want it. Stop. And he's going to go, look, I had it. But they're going to say the same thing if you try to give him a shot, you know, and he used that fact to get to get over on, on these kids and these fucking kids, parents and families. And I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I'm amazed at the way our court system I'm works. I'm dumbfounded, dude. I'm flat out dumbfounded because I can't picture in what light. I'm like you, Rich. In what light will I look at my daughter laying on a table and the doctor ease his finger into her crotch and go, this is a medical procedure. Well, I'm a dentist, motherfucker. Come here. Let me give you some adjustments in your mouth. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I took my daughter to a gynecologist, yeah, I would expect, you know, if she's 13 or whatever. But first of all, I wouldn't be in the room. 
I'm the father. That's where, you know, hey, mom, get up off your dead ass and go in the room with, the, with our kid and make sure everything's on the up and up. Because to be honest with you, I wouldn't know what the difference between, unless it, I mean, unless it got completely out of hand, what goes on during a gynecological exam and what doesn't. I mean, I, I, like, uh, I, I, I imagine he had to have some sort of, he had to have some sort of gloves on. If he was doing this in front of parents, he had to have some sort of gloves on. He had to be very matter of fact about it, which just tells you he's a child molester that can be matter of fact about molesting children. Do you know how often that means he's done that to where he's just so blase, blase about it? I mean, that blows my mind. It just, it, 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 <laughs> 125 times, apparently. That, that and we that's know who, of. That's who, yeah, that's who spoke up. Yeah, because you got to imagine there's girls who are just like, I, I just, I'm, it's done, it's over with. There's, He's going to jail for the rest of his natural life. There's nothing me coming forward is going to do except for rip the wound open, and I don't feel like going through that. And I can't, I can't blame him. Well, you, know what's, you know what's more fucked up than that that I thought about? There might be girls that he did it to that are still going, yeah, but I wasn't molested. He just performed a procedure. Yeah. I mean, that, this whole thing that I'm... As it, as it unfolded, I'm just watching and listening and reading. I'm like, this is so fucked on so many levels. I can't even get to half of this shit. I, it's, I mean, I hate to say it because I guess I should be. I do do this show. Granted, I'm not a professional. If I was a professional, and I'm not saying this is a sl- to be funny. I'm just being dead serious. A professional gets paid to do something. All right. I'm not a paid journalist. I'm not a paid investigative journalist. But this is one of those stories that I have not really brought up to you guys that we should talk about because it's so fucking disgusting. I really don't want to dig into the details of it. This type of shit. No, no I, I, I totally agree with you there. I don't want to get in a whole everything he did. But, I mean, it, it brings back the Sandusky thing. You know, he was in Penn State and touching those kids and whatnot. I mean, to a point, okay. The, the boys should have said something to somebody. They didn't, ha- however you look at it. But this, this has gone to a whole new level like we've been talking with the parents in the fucking room. Dude, I just can't. I don't care how bad I want my kid to succeed at anything. I, yeah, I can't imagine a situation where I'm going to just, this doesn't feel right. Why don't you, okay, hold on. Stop, you're done until I find two, three more doctors that are going to agree with you that this is a procedure that needs to happen. Fuck a second opinion. Damn a third opinion. I'm getting a motherfucking fourth and fifth opinion. I, I, like, I don't care how many opinions I get. You're not touching my daughter's privates. You're not a gynecologist. There's nothing wrong with her crotch. She has no pain there. Matter of fact, Tony, wait outside for a minute. I got to talk to this guy. That's yeah, it. What man. exactly I, are I, you adjusting? I, I can't get it. I can't get enough opinions that says it's okay for you to place your fingers on my fe- my daughter's pelvic region. I, you give me every medical journal in the world, I still wouldn't be okay with that. I yeah, I I just it's that's why this is such a horrific story because we turn over so much power to doctors, even dentists. You know, I remember the first time I had you know, dental work done when I was younger, I was put under, the dentist was the only one in the room besides me. You know, I know I I don't, I I mean, when does my butt hurt after I I have dental work? 
I mean, winning Powerball odds was that he did anything to me. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that was, but I mean, that's how it didn't even cross my mind to go, oh, well, someone else should be in here. He should have a nurse or I should have a friend or a family member in here because you just give them that power. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, Rich. When you go to play sports as a guy, as a kid, as a, as a boy, not a girl, but a boy, one of the things you had to go through was a physical. Part of that physical is checking for hernias. Yep. Now, if anybody hey, doesn't guy know, using two hands? the way they do that is they take your finger, they put it under your nutsack, they tell you to turn your head yep. and cough. You know what when, I mean? When did holding the shaft become part of this? Right. How many doctors started fondling kids that way that are never reported and not even thought about? That's what this story has started to make people get into. And it's a good topic to start thinking about. You've got to protect your kids. Now, I'm, I've, I, I hate when people start doing that, oh, save the children, protect the kids. But however, there are pedophiles. There are people that want to do bad things to kids. And it is your job as a parent to be there and make sure none of that shit happens. And I you're mean, absolutely I, right, Rich. All the power that we turn over to doctors, dentists, people that are police officers, people that are in power that we're just like, these are good people because they have degrees, they have this, they have, you know, and we, and we never question it. We go, here, here's the, here's all your power and, and God be with you, you know, whatever. We never look back and go, are you good enough, though? Are you a good person? We never know. You know, it makes me think. At one point, when I was younger, I had to get a, um, I had to get a CAT scan, and not only was my dad there for, through the whole thing, he was actually in the room, and I never thought to ask why. It never crossed my mind, you know. And I wonder if looking, you know, now looking back as a forty-year-old man, if my dad was like, "Oh hell no, I'm not going to leave you in here with." Someone I don't know to do God knows what to. Mm-mm, that ain't happening. And all you're being covered by is a little gown, the ties in the back. Hell no. You know, I mean, the only experience I've had with it was my daughter, and it was always her mother and me, or her mother was in there with her. It was never okay. We're going to take your daughter to the other room. You guys sit here. No, 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 no. That ain't going to happen. It's just not, you know, but as a little kid, you never think to say, well, can my mom come or my dad come with me? I mean, I'm sure it happens, but then you got to think that these kids are being, these kids are being trained to do something and go through stuff. Your average kid doesn't go through, you know, to be a good gymnast. I imagine they have to travel. So that means they're away from family. That means the family is entrusting the care of these children to trainers, to coaches, once again, to doctors. And this is a, to me, if I'm if right now I'm a parent of a child who's in gymnastics and they're like, we have to go on a trip. Yeah, you're right. We have to go on a trip. When are we leaving? I'll be goddamned if I'm just going to sign the permission slip and send the kid. This isn't going to the Detroit Institute of Arts, you know, and make sure they pack <laughs> a lunch. You know, this is they're going to be in hotel rooms. They're going to be, you know, out of town. They're not going to know anybody. Uh, it's just, it, it blows my mind. And and w- once again, what blows my mind even more is how, whether it's U.S. Gymnastics, MSU, Nasser himself, any of these organizations or, or, or him himself being sued and having a non-disclosure agreement signed and it be honored. 
to the point where, like I said, if Michaela Maroney speaks up, there's a $100,000 fine. Now, I don't really know who Chrissy Teigen is. I know she's a model. Isn't she married to Russell Wilson? John Legend. John Legend. Okay. I don't know. They fucking... She's also the co-host You don't all look alike, uh, Rich. She's the co-host of uh, Lip Sync with LL Cool J. I've seen clips, so okay. I believe there's a drop that goes, you're gay for saying that. (laughs) We just don't have it. No one's in the studio right now. Um, but no, I, I, you know, she, she come out and said, fuck it. I'll pay your hundred thousand dollar fine. Go ahead and speak up. That's how fucked up this shit is. Like a crime was committed. Fuck that non-disclosure agreement. If you go, if you go to your priest, if you go to your therapist, if you go to your doctor and admit intent to commit a felony, or I did commit a felony by law, they have to report you period. There's that attorney-client privilege is just that, attorney-client privilege. And talk to most defense lawyers. They'll say, I never ask my fucking clients if they're guilty or not. I don't want to know. And I guarantee you that's just so they can sleep at night. But yet we're going to hold, I mean, some, you know, someone who's molested as a child to a contract, they sign. And I mean, I got to wonder, how much of that 100, 100 or that $1.25 million did she even see? How old was she when she signed that contract? How old was she when that when that lawsuit was settled? You know, did her parents take a big chunk of it? I mean, did her parents sign it on her behalf because she was a minor and she can't enter into a legal contract like that on her own? It's it's all fucked up. It is all fucked up. And the only solace I take from the entire situation is a homeboy thinks it's horrible to sit there for four days and have his victims look him dead in the face and tell him what a piece of shit he is. Wait till he gets to the main line in prison. Yeah. Wait till the first four days of jail. Yeah. Because I guarantee you he's being held in protective custody right now because it is a high profile case and he can't show up to court looking like, you know, 15 guys beat the dog shit out of him. But once you go to prison, the cameras aren't on you anymore. And most people have no sympathy for what happens to a child molester. So even if there were cameras on him, it's not like he's going to get a lot of sympathy. Nasser needs to make very good friends with Kevin Hart and start training. Get hard, motherfucker, because you're going to need it. (laughs) I, Dude, better go to jail with a cork. I guarantee you... He goes in there and finds some sort of religion real quick. And he thinks and, and he hopes that whatever religious group he affiliates himself with will protect him. Because outlaws don't give a fuck if you love Christ or Allah or Buddha or whoever the fuck. You love him, we're going to send you to meet him. You'll meet him real soon. Yeah, there, there's, not crime tonight. In there's not a crime in prison that, that you know gets treated the way a child molester does. I mean, I've had I've had family and friends in prison, and if you have no street contacts, no street smarts, I've been told. I don't know how accurate it is. Never been myself, but I've been told easiest way to make your bones and and to get people fucking to 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 give you you know some breathing room. Find yourself a child molester who's friends with nobody and airhole the motherfucker because then it's like well. All right, you you may be a criminal, but you ain't a child molester. I mean, that's that's just, I, uh, dude. Yeah, like I, I 
I said this. I said this pre-show, and I I meant it. it dude, the dude would be better off hanging himself, pulling an Aaron Hernandez, than going to prison. I mean, I don't know what he thinks is going to happen, but it's worse than what he can imagine. Because it's not like that's a yeah. The guards, quote unquote, have to protect inmates. But even if he's in protective custody, you're going to tell me those guards can't be bought. You're going to tell me favors can't be called in to have a guard look the other way, and all it takes. All it takes is a few seconds. That's it. Well, also, Richard, I mean, it's not even about buying. Just think about that for a minute. If you were or I were a guard in prison and this piece of shit walks in, somebody's like, I'll buy you lunch tomorrow. Give me 10 minutes. All right. <laughs> you know, if you got a do- if, if a guard has a daughter around these girls' age when they were touched, this guy's through, dude. If I was a non streetwise guard, guy who committed it like let's say committed a, a you know committed a murder in the heat of the moment caught my caught my old lady fucking the guy and i beat the guy to death and for whatever reason i got the long ride you know 25 to life and you know fuck it i got nothing to lose so i might as well fucking i i just keep thinking back to the to uh jeffrey Dahmer, you know he died in prison because he was mopping a floor with a guy, and the guy broke the <laughs> mop in half, beat him to death, and then sodomized him with the fucking broken end of the mop. Yep. And I'm not sure it was in that order. And that guy, you know, he's a hero in that prison. Why? Because Jeffrey, people, people forget that Jeffrey Dahmer was not just eating people. He was going, picking up young gay men, raping them, and then after they would die, he would keep their body parts and eat them. And rapists are just... A half a centimeter below child molesters, but that ain't saying much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, rapists don't fare well in prison either. So I, I don't know. The whole thing's fucked up, and I hope all I can do is hope if if Michael Maroney wants to speak out and for some fucked up court upholds that non-disclosure agreement and hits her with a hundred k fine. I hope Chrissy Teigen's a woman of her word. I really do. I mean, because me, honestly, I, I would have to decide if I was Michaela Maroney and I had, I could cover that fine and still have money in the bank. How bad do I want to fucking say what I want to say? I'd really have to sit down and think about it. Oh, on that note, can we switch out of this creepy gear? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's just yeah, it's just sad all around because uh, I mean, we we hardly. I know it's an afterthought, but we hardly even touched on, you know, you now have a whole universities of students that, you know, we joked about it a little bit about, you know, <laughs> MSU is going to cost you $2 million to go to for a semester. But I mean, really, what, what, what's going to happen? We all know what happens. This is a capitalistic society. Shit rolls downhill. If the people at the top got to pay out of pocket, they're going to make sure the people at the bottom are the ones paying it in the long run. And I mean, and this is this is one thing that I'll say. I don't know anybody who's a U of M fan who's like, ha ha, look at MSU. Like this is yeah, this is right. yeah, this is transcended that type of bullshit. This is like this is fucking horrific. And I'm not talking for the athletic director, the dean of education, the people in the gymnastics department. I'm not talking for them. I'm talking for other student-athletes, students, who they're going to end up paying. Because I just look at I look at all the shit Penn State got for, you know, when they tore down Joe Pa's statue, and there was like 100 kids there protesting it. They painted 
all of Kent State, or Kent, Kent State, excuse me, Penn State uh, students is, you know, oh, they rather, they care more about a football coach than they do about kids getting raped. There's 100 people. Penn State employs more than 100 people, let alone has more than 100 students. Stop acting like it was everybody. It wasn't, but... I don't know. All right, I just, I just wanted to get that out there because I, I do feel bad for anybody who is going to be affected through absolutely no fault of their own. My question is, why is this coming back on Michigan State? Someone had to know, man. How, Someone had, the parents didn't even say there was but, a problem. How, who's going to know? Hundred, hundreds of victims. Somebody somewhere was, I know it's a buzzword lately, but somebody somewhere was complicit. Along the line, I mean, this this went on. I mean, decades, right? Had to have been, man. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the pictures of the 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 women who are testifying. These are adults, like well into adulthood. These are not 18, 19, 20, 21 year old girls, or you know, young women. These are women who look like they're you know late twenties, thirties. Right, but he did this while the, he was the the doctor for the Olympic team, right? He didn't do this on Michigan State's campus, did he? No, he did. Oh. That, that's that. Yeah, that was part of it. He was born. He's based out of Michigan State. Yeah, but I mean, for it to come back to the university and for them to be blamed, I mean, yeah, he's the employee. So that, I mean, they're going to get it some there. But to say that they knew, I, you know, I'll put it this way: I wouldn't be shocked if some coaches go down in the wake of this also. I, you know, I mean, I just wouldn't be shocked because there's still coaches being sentenced to prison in the Penn State fiasco. There's still people getting caught up in that. You know, what did you know? Oh, you knew something and you didn't say something? Yeah, that stops snitching shit. That only works in the hood, homeboy. This is the real world, all right? I, you should have snitched. You should have said something. So I, who that's the thing. I don't know if we'll ever really know the fall, how deep this shit goes. We'll just know the fallout and who gets who is is offered up as sacrificial lambs. Because well, I don't I mean, think the, the most notable coach for the women's gymnast team is Bella Caroli. Are you saying he knew? I have no idea, and I'm not I'm not in a hurry to be fucking sued for libel or defamation of character, so I'm not going to fucking even speculate. He knew. No. <laughs> Uh, it's just nah. Anyways, moving on. Like I said, there were so many fucking levels that I just couldn't. The, the more I read, the more things opened up, and I just fucking I'm like ah, hmm, I can't even get to it. And there's no real smooth way to transition out of this. So hockey. <laughs> uh. Rich had sent us a article about, uh, uh, let's see, what, what would be a good comparison for him? Maybe like the, well, he's too old now, but maybe when he first started, like the Theo Epstein of hockey, maybe? The Rich Rich and Allen? Allen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eh, yeah, I mean, he's he was a, I, I, definitely before the salary cap and the, in the, in the mid-2000s lockout, Definitely a a highly desired general manager to be on, you know, managing your team. Um, mm-hmm. Post lockout, not so much. He's, I mean, yeah, they won that cup in 08. The, the Red Wings did with him as general manager, but 
that's only three years removed from the lockout. And I mean, the Red Wings spent a lot of money buying out players' contracts because they said, I mean, you got to think, between that lockout and that cup win, you had players like Eiserman retire. You had Shanahan given his walking papers. You had him, you had Ken Holland digging deep, bringing in cast off players that other teams really didn't want anymore, aka brought back Darren McCarty, brought in Todd Bertuzzi with all his baggage with the uh, uh, Stephen Moore hit. You and the well, no, that was just a clusterfuck from way back in the day. But, I mean, no, you, you had a lot of players that they either had to, to pay out part of their contract and say, see you, have, go find a career someplace else, or that just fucking retired. And then he replaced them with players he knew were role players. And they got in there and they won that cup. And, yeah, they went to Game 7 in 2009 and could have won another one. But they haven't done shit since then because of the contracts he signed. One of the biggest mistakes he made was signing uh, the Mule over, uh, oh, shit. Wow, I just blanked. I cannot believe that. Homeboy is now in Chicago. Hosa? No. Hosa, thank you. Hosa, Marion Hosa. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, it's Ken Holland's rumored to be going to Vancouver. Right. Yeah, that's we, that's. We, we, that, I don't think we said that. Yeah, that's the rumor. But I mean, in a million years, I don't want. Even at the time, I'm like, you signed Franzen over Marion Hosa. The deal you gave what Franzen, wrong with you could have gave Hosa, and Hosa would have stayed. That's a shit deal. And I mean, he's got all. <laughs> he's not very well liked here in Detroit anymore. Do a lot of the contracts that he's given players. In the past, you know, seasons, they haven't drafted well. They're not. They're not. A, they're not a destination team anymore. I mean, the last time we heard any excitement about free agents possibly coming here was the Suter Parisi free agent signing. That 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 year they were both free agents, mm-hmm. and when they went to Minnesota, every Red Wings fan I know looked at each other and said, "Well, that's the writing on the wall right there." They might as well blow it up and start rebuilding it. Mm-hmm. And Ken Holland has, I mean, just bullheadedly stuck to, nope, we're not going to do a rebuild. We're not going to do a rebuild. And then when they missed the playoffs for the first time, in a, you know, after a quarter century of making it, last year, he begrudgingly said, well, we're not in a rebuild. We're going to retool. We're going to reboot. Don't try to play wordplay with a motherfucker. That's called a rebuild, all right? I, I mean, that's, that's like saying... She's a little pregnant. Oh, just a little bit. So there's, she's no. You're either pregnant or you're not. You're either rebuilding or you're not. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of a lot of Wings fans crying the blues if he leaves. And if he goes to Vancouver, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think that that's. I think. I don't think he's a GM for the salary cap era. I just don't. I mean, if if you threw a salary cap on baseball, a guy like Steinbrenner, when he when George Steinbrenner was still alive, couldn't spend like he spent. He wouldn't have won half them championships he won in the nineties. I mean, they they've they've got a luxury tax in baseball now, and I mean, it, they went what nine years between championships. They just made a move this off season with Stanton to where they're now being like, oh yeah, they're a heavy favorite to win the World Series this year. That hasn't been said in, since 2009. Guys, 2009 is almost 10 years ago. Yeah, you can stop yeah. talking now. 
<laughs> Why are you gonna bring I, up old shit? Yeah, what's up with that? I mean, I this is maybe it's just me, but I, I, I a side effect of being forty is I still think two thousand was ten years ago. That's I still think two thousand was like yesterday. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I I know when someone's like. 25 years ago, I'm like, what, back in the 80s? No, wait a minute. Damn it. I mean, back, in my, back in my junior year of high school? Fuck. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I don't. Look, Holland's, he's got to go. The Red Wings have to do something. Um, yeah, but wouldn't you call the Red Wings a dynasty, though? Uh, it's mm. over, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It, 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 I'm saying was. Absolutely was. But just like every dynasty, it has to end. We'll talk about one that's going to end later. But, you know, everything that, that you know, would create, would, would define a dynasty, I think the, the Red Wings had. No, I, I agree. Years, multiple championships. They didn't miss the playoffs in 25 fucking years. Well, another, mean, thing that, another thing that uh, a lot of people don't realize is that the Red Wings drafted amazingly through those, you know, the first, I'll say the first half of that 25-year playoffs run where they made the playoffs for 25 years. They were picking diamonds in the rough from later rounds. I mean, Datsuk, Zetterberg, guys like that, they were not first-round, second-round picks. They weren't sexy picks. They were the first ones to really embrace the European style of hockey to the point where as much as I love Don Cherry, Don Cherry hated the Red Wings in the 90s during the Russian Five era. I was just reminded of this by uh, a, fr- a friend of mine who's a huge hockey fan and posted a video of Don Cherry talking about how the Russian Five is a joke and et cetera, et cetera, on Hockey Night in Canada on Coach's Corner. And I'm going, oh, fuck, that's right. He hated the fucking Red Wings. Same thing with Barry Melrose. That first year against the, they won the Cup against the Flyers, he picked the Flyers to win. It was only, it was only in the middle of the third period of Game 4 that he finally he relented and he put, remember the wing nuts hats they used to have? He put one of those on. And they're like, oh, so now that they've that. all... Now that they've almost sweeped the Flyers out of the playoffs, you're willing to jump on the bandwagon? You're willing to mess up your due, Mr. Melrose? So, I mean, it's that is that's ancient history. I mean, Zetterberg is on the very end of his his fucking career. Datsuk just two ones pimping and left the fucking NHL, period. And even if he comes back, they don't own his contract anymore. Arizona does. If Datsuk comes back and says, I want to play in the NHL, he's going, unless he forces Arizona's hand, that's the team he's going to go come back and play for. So, I mean, it, it, I hate to put it this way, but, like, the whole, you know, oh, we're hanging on to, uh, uh, you know, our past and shit. And that is gone. I mean, Scotty Bowman's not walking through that door. Steve Eiserman's not walking through that door. Jimmy Delavano's not walking through that door. Period. I mean, it's not going to happen. So I, you have to, you have to just cut fucking ties. And if Vancouver wants to hire him, more power to you. I think it's a mistake. I don't think he's a good GM in the in the salary cap era. 
My problem is, as a Red Wings fan, who the fuck do they get to replace him? Because it ain't going to be Steve Eiserman. Folks, Steve Eiserman ain't coming back to Detroit. He's very happy in Tampa. I mean, I, maybe, maybe if you threw, it's impossible. Even if you, you can't throw John Gruden money at him. Even a team like the Red Wings doesn't have that much money to throw at a general manager or a head coach. Ownership stake, maybe, perhaps? You mean the money John Gruden's not sure that he's getting paid? Which well, I'm ownership sure. stake. We never... I'm sure he's getting. I'm sure he's sure he's getting paid of it now because they're already talking about him butting heads with fucking beast mode. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, if the Illiches were like you know X amount of percent of ownership in the franchise. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, Mike Illich is dead. Eiserman, I'm gonna I'm gonna say put Detroit on the map in the '90s. He was the biggest name we had. Ooh, it's. Dude, a, it's a- even the, even the, going on on there, no, even the eighties, man. Before they drafted him, they were the dead things. He came in and was putting up one hundred and fifty plus point seasons. He was up there with Gretzky and Lemieux doing that shit. Right. I mean, it, he, yeah, big time. So, come home, Stevie. Why? Why wouldn't the Illiches go? Here's all the money you'll ever need, and you know what? Here's part of the damn. Here's part of the damn team. Well, You've earned it, if nothing else. Am I correct? Send him a piece of paper that says Stevie Y. Why not? <laughs> Here, you know what? You used to do commercials for Fifth Third. We're just going to give you Fifth Third. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a dream. For, what dreams we don't even are made own it. of? We're Stevie. giving you a bank we don't even own. <laughs> the things we do for dreams. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. Um, but am I correct in thinking it's? Marion Illich is technically the owner of the Red Wings, correct? Yes. Okay. It was an anniversary present. Because you can't, because of certain uh, laws, you can't own multiple sports teams in the same city. Is that, is that why? Correct. Like the, the exact same person. But I mean, it was still, we all know what the fuck that means. That was Mike Illich going, I'm pulling a fucking Belichick and I'm going to fucking straddle the line on this one right here. And we all turned a blind eye towards it because, fuck it, it's Mike Illich. And on top of it, the Tigers weren't doing shit when he bought the team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, right. the Red Wings. So. Everybody was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, let them do it. Hey, fuck it. But, okay, so my thinking is she's not exactly a spring chicken. I don't know the, the level of day-to-day operations the Illich family even has anymore. In the Tigers, in the Red Wings, maybe they could offer him an ownership, give him president of, of hockey operations along with the general manager role. They would be dumb not to. Look, the man put together a, a gold medal winning hockey team, a Stanley Cup contender in Tampa Bay. All right. I mean, give me a Nintendo fucking break. Winner. Well, I, I, yeah, and they won one. Well, the one they won, he wasn't GM yet. He was still playing. But. I mean, he went down there, and he, he, they are constantly in the talk for the cup finals, making a deep run in the playoffs. That did not happen. That did not happen for the first, what, 15 years of their existence or whatever it was. It just, it was, it was, it, it was out of the realm of possibility. I was, when I lived in Florida in the late 90s, and I had, because of this, how much of a, a nerdy hockey fan I am. I had a Tampa Bay Lightning license plate because you could pay five bucks and get one. And that's what I did. I paid five bucks extra and I got a Tampa Bay Lightning license plate. And I would literally probably once a week 
have people who saw me in my car with that license plate go, there's a hockey team in Tampa? <laughs> yeah. And I who lived in Ireland. And- I lived an hour and a half from Tampa. It's not like I was living in the in in you know the Redneck Riviera, the Panhandle, or something, or down by Miami. And I'd go, yeah. And they go, oh, we thought it was the Panthers, and that was it. Lightning? Never even heard of them. <laughs> what? You know, <laughs> Marty St. Louis? No, no, but no Belza. No, right. Vincent Lecavier? No, nothing. Vincent. No, no. <laughs> no. All right. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Anybody want some cream? Okay, no cream. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just I don't think he's going to do it. Maybe they could, but it's it's definitely not a. This is not a. This is the guy we want, and we can afford to give him whatever he wants to get him because he's not sitting in a broadcast booth somewhere, a la John Gruden. He's not burning himself out, going from job to job. You know, like someone like Harbaugh. This is someone who. Played for Detroit, was very loyal to Detroit, even during the, the, the years when it was like, trade him, trade him, trade him, send him to, to Ottawa, give us Daniel Alfredson, we'll fucking take our chances with him. He never left, he played whatever role that they told him to play, he changed his entire style of play from just being wide open offensive player to the best two-way forward in the league for, for a stretch. And the Red Wings, I think if they really wanted him, when he retired, they'd have put him under Holland. And when he got that offer from Tampa Bay to go down there, would have told him, no need. You're the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. Hey, Tampa, you can have Ken Holland. <laughs> and and that have been the end of it. I don't know. I think, I think he wants to come home, though, man. I, I don't How see do why know? he wouldn't want to come home. You talk to him? You got him on speed dial? It wasn't on speed, uh, but there was a conference call, and Thomas the Tank came out. and <laughs> <laughs> Callback. Anyways, no, I just, I think you, I, I would hope, from my time watching hockey, from my time being in the D, it just, I would really like to see Stevie Y come home, and it would be so great. Hey, man, his number's I mean, retired. He's done here. I mean, him going to to Tampa Bay and making that franchise what it was is no surprise to somebody like, you know, Rich and I. That's like Bowman going to, you know, Chicago and then all of a sudden they won the cup and it's like, duh, you know, so I don't know. It I would be way more excited about Stevie Eiserman as GM of the Red Wings than I would be Matt Patricia as a coach of the Lions. I mean I a strong I have, statement I, for you. I can't lie. If for whatever reason in the offseason, Eiserman's back as the general manager, president of the team, whatever, they, whatever position they give him, whatever position he wants, I'm more optimistic about the future of the Red Wings than I am if they get rid of Holland and promote from within. Because I think what you're going to end up with is you're going to end up with a string of loyalty hires who just can't get the job done. Because they're in over their head, and when I when I say that, I'm 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 looking at the Tigers, you know. Okay, we got rid of Dombrowski. Now here's Al Alvila. Okay, was anyone excited? Exactly. No one was excited by that. And you've seen what what loyalty hires and owners who are blindly loyal to the hires and the employees they have can do to a franchise. Just look at the 2000s and the Detroit Lions. So. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, send his 
Send Holland packing. Not that big of a deal. You're not losing all that much. And, yeah, go after who you want. If Eiserman's on that short list, go haul hog at him. If, you know, it's somebody else they have in mind who I, I, I haven't even thought of, go hard. Because you're not... The ghost this, of Gordy Howe. Something. <laughs> Ted Lindsay, Sid Abel. Get all the production line back. You know, fuck, I don't give a shit. I, it, it, something's got to happen. Because if not, you're gonna. I mean, it's gonna be some dry years here in here in Detroit for hockey, and we're already looking at at least what five years of rebuilding for the Tigers. And anyone who's hopeful after five years they're contenders again, I would say that's a very overly optimistic person. It's probably we're looking at another ten, maybe fifteen years before they're contenders again. So I, I just don't want to see it. <laughs> I just. I ain't got that many years left, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh. think so. <laughs> what, hey, what if I told you in 35 years the Red Wings will win a cup again? That's nice. My grandkids will be able to watch that. Yeah. I'll be fucking dead. They're close to it. Well, yeah. This one go, that only makes you 75. Yeah, but do you realize how much fun I had at 20? That's why I don't expect <laughs> to see 75. Yeah. I'll have been dead for 15 years. Uh, all right. So shall we move on to the weekend that was? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Football? Like, Earl, skip a, I already heard skip you poking the bear. The bas- right, okay, let's talk about the basketball. Well, I just want to talk about it briefly. I mean, it is just briefly. Because I, I, I thought about this as, as everything started breaking. You know, if anybody's missed uh, what's happening in basketball, there's a lot of fights uh, between players, between teams, between coaches, between refs. One day, one day, on one day. Now it's not just one day. It's this is something that's been heating up for a while. It started with the refs. I don't know. It's probably started with the players, then the refs, then coaches, and I, I just I feel after everything that's happened, even with this recent fight with the Rockets and the Clippers. It just feels like NBA's trying real, real hard to stay relevant. Really? You really think they're in danger of becoming irrelevant? No. Not even a little bit. And it's, it just, when, when I'm watching all of this break out, I'm like, it, it, it just feels like they're trying to stay relevant, like trying to get more ratings than the NFL playoffs. And it's like, bro. Just play the game. Why you got to throw a hissy fit on the court? Start stripping off people's clothes and shit. Think you're you're, going to be on an island on this opinion there, Iceman. I always am, Chris, but that's beside the point. I just, I, I, I I just don't understand, I guess. You know, it it started way, way back before the season with all the trades. You know, they, they put Chris Paul with, uh. The, you know, fear of the beard, Harden, you know, brought in, you know, Paul George and, you know, OKC brought in Mello, and I'm just like, okay, so all the powerhouses are getting together and trying to beat Golden State. Okay, I'll see it. It's not going to work, but good luck. And, you know, that was supposed to get people to tune in. Well, most of those trades failed. I mean, OKC is terrible, terrible. Average or triple-double, shut up. You still suck. Russell Westbrook, man. Oof, that cat. But I, I just... I, 
and I know I'm spitballing like all over the NBA, but that's just that's just it. There's all of these stories popping up out of the NBA. So and so's fighting so and so. You know, the the Cavs haven't won but two games since Christmas. Two out of ten games. They're still the, the third in the Eastern Conference. They'll be all right. Are the Cavs in trouble? And I'm like, they they have a 600 winning percentage. They're they'll be all right. I, I don't know, Chris. It just seems to me that they're trying to stay relevant. They're trying to be bigger. And what are you talking about? All these trades have been a bust. Every one of the teams that made a, a, a big trade would make the playoffs right now. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, they OKC would. would. OKC would not make the playoffs right now. Yeah, they would. They're the fifth best team in the Western Conference. They've won like 12 games. I am looking at the playoff standings. For the NBA right now, OKC is twenty-four and twenty. They have a five forty-five oh, winning percentage, and that's got to tell you something. Yeah, yeah, the tw- twenty-four and twenty. Yeah, they're five forty-five. <laughs> they're over five hundred. They would make the playoffs. Hey, Pistons would too. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> so okay, so wait a minute. So are you? Because look, the, the NBA is not at all worried about the NHL. The, what other sports are going on right now? College ba- college basketball, they're not worried about college basketball right now. They're not worried about fucking college football because it's over with. The only football going on is playoffs. And let's be honest, unless you're a hardcore basketball fan, you'll miss a regular season game to watch a college playoff, or excuse me, an NFL playoff game. Right. So, I mean, who are they trying to bring in? The casual fan? Well, Here's the thing, Rich. I don't know what's going on in the NBA, though. Every time I turn on, you know, to watch a game, somebody's literally fighting with somebody else. You know, either Mello's mad at the refs or, you know, Chris Paul's mad at the Clippers or, you know, Blake's fighting with the Houston coach or it's like, seriously, LeVar Ball can't shut up. Lonzo Ball can't hit a shot. (laughs) I mean, I can't just turn it on and go, ah, let's watch them. What's your end game here, Chicken Little? Where are you going with this? I just think that... Did one of these brawls involve, like, the T-Wolves and the Magic? No. No? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Just just wondering. Why? Because I... I, 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 It seems to me like if the only teams that would benefit from having brawls would be teams that really are on the bubble of no one giving a fuck about. (laughs) Honestly, Rich, honestly, that's my point is the whole league is playing like that. Like, like they're on the verge of nobody giving a fuck about them and everybody cares. Everybody's watching and it's like, shut up and play the fucking game now. No, there was a fight between T wolves and magic. I thought I read that. I'm sitting here looking at the highlights from three hours ago. If it was three hours ago, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, no, I mean, it kind of, it, doesn't that kind of support your pretty much <laughs> theory here? I, I, I hesitate to use the word theory because you haven't even presented one really yet. But I mean, that, I mean, this isn't, you can, you can, you can look at Chris and go, oh, it happened more than one day. It's now spread over into day two. We're in day two of fight gate in the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that that it's it's not a theory. It's a shame, if anything, because they they made these trades to be more competitive teams, and to present a better product 
to their fans, and this is what we get. What? More competitive teams? And all the teams who've made a trade would make the playoffs as of today. I guess I'd, I don't know what you're getting at here, Iceman. It, it, I just, I, I don't, I don't really appreciate the product the NBA is putting out, I guess is my point. None mm, of us watch. Well, I, I started to not watch. I, I started just getting the scores and saying, oh. Yeah, but what is it about the product? Is it is it the, I mean, it, it's well-worn carpet, but is it the super teams? Is it? Nope. It, the the product is, is become terrible in the sense of you can't just sit and watch fo- or a basketball game without a you know a boxing match breaking out. Gee, I remember sitting and watching plenty of hockey games with somebody, <laughs> and any time of we would talk sometimes during the game, but if a fight broke out, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Fighting's part of hockey, man, not basketball. Shit. You talk to anyone who played the Pistons in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> yeah, no, right? <laughs> but, but that's not what's going on here, Rich. There's a lot of whining and crying. It, it just, it, you, you have to, this is one of those things where you, you can't follow Chris and his stats of, well, everybody who makes the trade would have made the playoffs. You have to actually watch the game and you'll understand it. Well, I mean, if you were presenting like a, a, a you know, half-ass tinfoil hat theory, like, you know, I kind of think that this is happening because the refs can't control the fucking games and then tie it back into what we talked about with players and the refs being, you know, basically pissed at each other. I could go, okay, so whether I agree That's with it or not. See, you just, that, that'll go. No, 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 that. Connect your Rich made more <laughs> sense talking out of his ass than you have the last 10 minutes there, Ice Man. <laughs> to connect no no i'm just i'm saying though it, it's it's a terrible product to watch i i can't even sit down and watch an entire nba game i don't care who the team is it it, it goes it, it's like a nascar race it's not a matter of if they're going to crash it's a matter of when right now i'm looking at the coming up next sports center punches thrown in orlando and they're talking about basketball stop it there <laughs> That's the shit I'm talking about. Well, I mean, at least it's not gunshots at a gay club in Orlando. Well, there you go. I mean, there's an upside. They've 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 stopped shooting up clubs and just started beating up each other on the court. I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> Orlando, you have the happiest place in the world. You have Disney World down there. What's your problem? <laughs> it's probably caused more violence than anything else. <laughs> Make on the lookout for Black Mouse. <laughs> no, I isn't okay. Look, let's be honest. You get you get once you get past Christmas Day, which has kind of become a big day for the NBA. You know, it's their, You know, they they have a lot of By the way, there's matchups. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. According to UPI.com, an article dated January fourth. Uh, the horrible product NBA's television ratings are up 20% this season. Just putting that out there. Uh-huh. Okay, stats, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the stats, stats. man. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. The metrics getting in the way of how the Iceman feels. The factual metrics. Yeah, yeah. What? What metrics are you using? Facts. 
Oh boy! All right. <laughs> um, no, okay, but look, NBA Christmas Day has kind of become a day that they've. It's obviously not as big as Thanksgiving is for football, but it's a you know I know a lot of people who like Christmas Day, open presents, eat breakfast, settle in with the family, watch some marquee matchups that the NBA is going to put on Christmas Day, and then there's what the stretch between that and the All Star Game. The we don't play defense game. We the the only reason anyone watches this is for the dunk contest and skills competition game. And until and so it, that's the only respite from just the regular season grind until the playoffs. And I mean, I'm not saying that they're doing it on purpose, but if if you got fans that are kind of like, eh, I can miss a few you know games during this period, and you have fans that are apathetic, maybe the players are out there like, you know. It, not, not apathetic themselves. Maybe they're just like, I'm, you know, fuck these motherfuckers. Motherfucker <laughs> set up a fruity pick and touched my ass. What the fuck? Or this motherfucker over here, chat, you know, following me, not getting called, whatever, whatever the fuck. And tempers are getting short, and shit's popping off. I mean, it, I, like, I don't know. It, Give us something to work with here. You're just like, I I get a disturbance in the force when it comes to the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Yoda, you know, what can we do here? <sighs> all right, we should have just moved on to, to football. Here, here you go. Here you go. One little sliver of baseball. So... The Pittsburgh Pirates have fucking decided to blow their team up. Garrett Cole, Andrew Andrew McCutcheon, see ya. Josh Harrison, see ya. He wants out of there. So, yeah, enjoy the Penguins, Pittsburgh. Once once again, well, actually, no, you got the Steelers. But to bring it into football. (laughs) But will you? Yeah, the rumors, the rumors not only coming from CBS Sports, but coming from NBC Sports now is that ownership wants fucking Mike Tomlin gone. Why? Because they're not the Patriots? <laughs> I know, right? Because he's black, man. It's because he's black. I mean, I, you know what? Fuck it. Pittsburgh, fire Mike Tomlin. Fire him right now. Yeah, I know, right? And then Tampa, get a private jet. And you set up, <laughs> set up visits to the best strip clubs you got in Tampa and hire Mike Tomlin. I'm, you know what? Fire Tomlin. Hashtag fire his ass. That's that's I'm starting the trend right now. I'm going. I don't even go on Twitter. I'm going to go on Twitter, open an account and start the hashtag. <laughs> I'm sure oh, some Pittsburgh fans might have you beat to it after because the, they had that game one, man. I'm like, okay. I don't know who collapsed more. Probably Jacksonville because your defense has got to play both halves. But that's uh, that was rough, man. Like I was rooting for Pittsburgh. That was very Hillary esque of them. Hey, and, I was uh, four, so I'm kind of happy. Yeah, Iceman did. Uh, I believe this is first in the history of the show. Iceman had a perfect weekend. And granted, only four games, but still, Rich, you went two and two. I went one and three. So God damn. I yeah. was trying to tank. I know, right? Seriously. 
<laughs> I told you, man, you got to dance with who brought you. I can't talk the Jaguars up before the season even starts, all the way through the season, Dude. hang them out to dry. Yeah, that didn't all work so say, well with, man, the fucking, with the Rams for me, though, okay? That's what I'm saying. All I got to say, man, if they – you you can't – you have to play both halves against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Jacksonville defense, looking at you, because they, they will exploit the fuck out of you if you let them. One of my favorite sayings, and I said it a lot on here, too, is, hey, defense wins championships. Well, I said that yeah. here the other defense, day. I was like, for, hey. Defense you know, for the whole game wins you championships. Like I said, yeah, I, I said it in the group chat, Earl. The the – Quote one of the, the quote unquote one of the best defenses left in the playoffs let forty two points by on Saturday or Sunday. A very or very high powered Pittsburgh offense. Okay, and they gave just, up most of it in the second half. Just saying, it was a high powered Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh scored seven points in the first half. They scored all those points in the second half. Mm-hmm. See, so you got, you you do that against New England, you're fucking done. Well, right, but. My favorite saying is, hey, you, you know what wins championships? Defense. When Tom I said Brady. that out loud. Bill Belichick. Exactly. Somebody went, looked right at me and goes, you know what wins defense? You know what wins championships? Patriots. I was like, oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> you that can't hurts. argue that point. <laughs> you just can't. Dude, it just, and you can't, I mean, I'm sure you're going to try. You can't tell me putting Tom Brady up against Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles comes out on top. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. You, you, you can't compare those two. They're not comparable. I don't care if you have Leonard Fournette. I don't care if you got that high-powered Jacksonville defense. Like, I think it'll be a good game, but I think we know how this ends. Well, we're not there yet, but, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, uh, you got Blake Bortles ran for more fucking yards than he threw. Come on now. Well, yeah, because Fournette got hurt. That's one thing, as a Leonard Fournette owner, fantasy football, uh, one thing that, that I can already see with Fournette, and maybe it's just the folly of being an NFL running back in this day and age, is durability, man. Like, that ankle of his just seems to be problematic. Ooh, I just used the internet word. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, it's... It'd be, it'll be interesting to see him next season. See if he if he goes, you know, if the needle moves forward or if he hits that, you know, that sophomore slump. Well, here's the thing. Talking about the Steelers-Jaguars game, I mean, you want to say you want Tomlin gone. Tomlin pulled a fucking Belichick. He made a huge halftime adjustment. It was very, very close to pulling out a win. I, I, I can't see one reason, not one, that you fire Tomlin. I know, right? Yeah, that is, that is a spoiled motherfucking fan base. Is what that is. Absolutely. Well, it's title town, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I get that, but Jesus fucking Christ, they've had three coaches since the seventies. And they've wow. all won. Every they've one of them. All won. I mean, you get that type of consistency for a franchise who changes regime, regimes once every one, on average 12, 15 years, is unfucking heard of in this sport. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in college football where you will get coaches, especially back in the day, would stay 15, 20 years with a team. 
never think about leaving. The only way they were leaving if they were tired or they dropped dead on the sideline. That was it, period. So, I mean, it's just a spoiled fan base because if if this was if he was coaching in Indianapolis they would not be calling for his fucking head mike tomlin had the record he had and pittsburgh with the colts they'd leave him the fuck alone john harbaugh in baltimore is just now starting to get a little bit of heat applied to his seat. And they're what? Cleveland's five coach years. still has his job. They're five years removed from a Super Bowl win. His first five years, he came in and tore it up. I would say the last five have been underwhelming. I mean, I... Yeah, but I thought the Cleveland coaches put... No, no. He should still have his job, Chris. What? 0-16? Oh, no, he should Not his fault. Not his fault. He didn't win the game. Bye-bye, Silver Bitch. Not his team. Not his fault. Dude, you didn't win a game. The the person that got fired was supposed to get fired. Their GM. Look, this is, except for Iceman, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Whether it be national talking heads, whether it be local talking heads, whether it be friends of mine, I have not heard anyone talk up Jacksonville. You're the only one who's talked up Jacksonville like you have for as long as you have. You you are running into, for lack of a better way to put it, a team that is like damn near destined to get to the AFC championship game. Now, do any of us think that they're going to win against New England? We'll talk about that when we get to the picks. But I mean, it's it's these guys are are living a charmed fucking life as far as. This season goes, and it, 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 you you can't end the career of one of three coaches you've had since before I was born, and who's had success, won multiple Super Bowls, simply because oh he ran into it to a hot team who were firing on all cylinders at that moment. Because do you really think does any of us here honestly think Tomlin's a bad head coach? Fuck no. Uh, uh-uh. not even I take one bit. I'd take him on my team. I'm sure you guys would take him on the Lions. You yeah, know, they'd make him like coach for life. They would. They would talk about like the lifetime contract, like the trend for Harbaugh in Michigan. <laughs> hey, hey, Oakland, watch this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just gave the motherfucker the whole East Side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he literally is the king of the East Side of Detroit now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to throw in Southfield if they don't quit <laughs> fucking around up there. <laughs> but no, man, I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And anyone who's, who is a Steelers fan who feels that way, you are living on planet Steeler in your Steeler little bubble way too much. <laughs> Hoke your head you out. on planet Druidia waiting for space balls. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dear me, what's that coming out of a nose? <laughs> oh, oh, shit, it's space balls. balls. Yeah, I mean, take, take, poke your head out of your fucking, you know, your, your black and gold bubble and take a look around at the NFL and realize that's who you're going to be pulling your next coach from. That's the pool you got. You're not yeah. getting fucking Belichick. You're not getting Gruden. All right. That you is want not Jim Caldwell? That- yeah, you I was thinking. <laughs> you want one of the it, 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 by the numbers 
one of the worst game managers to have as much success as he's had in the modern NFL as your head coach? You think you get frustrated with Tomlin's decisions? Wait, wait till Caldwell can't even get the right amount of guys on the field for you in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Then we'll have the talk. So, yeah, that shit just needs to, you just need to put that baby to bed, let it cry itself to sleep. Y'all, it'll be fine in the morning, a.k.a. next season, you start, you start with a clean slate. I mean, I, Jacksonville up to this point has just been, in my opinion, they're like one of those fucking teams that you're going, what, uh, what the, how the fuck are they here? Seriously, how the fuck are they here? Because I can point to people on the national level, on the local level, and friends of mine who agreed with me about the, the Eagles this season, agreed with me about the Rams. Mm-hmm. Me being one of them. I mean, I if I had said at the beginning of the season the Jaguars were going to be in the AFC Championship game, if I had said like, the, oh, Rich is drinking again. If I had <laughs> said outside of Tom Brady, here's your starting quarterbacks for the championship games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah, I can't even remember him. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. One, of the, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Electric Company. Like, it's, pick the one that doesn't belong. Yeah, it's quite honestly, it's you, you want to just pencil in number six, right? It's very I mean, tempting. Especially, this is your competition. I, it's, it's, it's very tempting, especially since that article came out and they now have the chip on their shoulder that they always seem to fucking need in the playoffs. You too. You could argue that was the only game this weekend that was not competitive. That shit was over by halftime. <laughs> I didn't yeah, watch that game. These games were all. <laughs> the rest of them were all competitive. That game was fucking. Psh. Yeah, I checked score at halftime as well, like thirty-five to seven. Like, oh yeah, that's about right. You're fucking done, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With with the Jaguars, for me to close that out though, it uh. I, I, I guess I was borderline, you know, Notre Dameus and that shit. It became very clear to me uh, last season, watching them, they needed a coach. They needed a coach in the worst way. I was proven right. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on the AFC championship game, but I knew they were going places. It just, you, you got, here's where you step away from Chris and his stat sheet. And come over to the Iceman and watch the game. Because you watch it and you're like, holy shit. You're you know, really a hammer to start turning into Major League. And they, these guys ain't so fucking bad. But if you look at a stat sheet, like I said, Blake Bortles has more passing yards in a game than he did. Or rushing yards in a game than he did passing. And he's a starting fucking quarterback. It, you look at things like that. On, on paper, and you're like, these guys have no fucking chance. But you watch how they play as a team, and you're like, oh, these guys are good. They're real good. I think here's, this- here's the thing. This team, the Jaguars, have, there's only one other team left that has what these this team has, and it's the Vikings. Camaraderie. They actually care about their teammates. 
Every the team defense only played one half. Yes, stats man. The team that the defense only played one half. But that, that's that's just you. I'll come over to your side. That's just watching the game. That uh-huh. defense was Drew Brees did what he wanted in the second half. Uh huh. Except when. Well, I was going to say. Yeah. They only needed to play one half. Oh. Yeah. He, he should have maybe played maybe like a half and a quarter. He'd well, be, he'd won, a half but, and a quarter. But I mean, that's that. That's my main concern. My my concern with Minnesota and Jacksonville is the same thing. Your your defense has to play the whole game. Because here not, or there, though, the the thing that that team has in common, other than their stats and not playing, is camaraderie. They actually care about each one of their fucking teammates. You can see it when you watch them play. And that goes very, very far, apparently, because they're both in the fucking championship games. And nobody, nobody, as Rich mentioned, gave Jacksonville a, a shot at even being close to the playoffs, let alone a championship game. going to turn into Marv Albert here in a minute. But, uh... No, there's been... There, over the years in different sports, there's been teams that I've seen that I'm like, even if they didn't win their champ, their champ, their respective championship and their, you know, their sport, you can see they're playing for each other. They go to work Pistons. Exactly. You know, the 2004 uh, uh, Red Sox, you know, I, I'd even, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'd even say the 2006 Tigers. 2006 Tigers you could tell they were out there. Not only were they winning, did they like each other? They were having fun playing with each other. Right. And it's, it's, it's camaraderie. You've got to have that. For whatever it's worth, I'll say this. This season, at least, the Patriots don't look like they're having all that much fun. Even wrong. No. They just look like a very well-oiled machine that has to, the machine has to do this to produce this part. And it knows its job, and that's what it does. And it's just very—I I, don't—I don't know. I—I'm not seeing like even the even the Patriots when the the the, the, uh, the 2007 Patriots seemed like they were having a lot more fun. There was a lot better chemistry on the field with the players than there is on this season. But I am very much in the school of you can't. Doubt the Patriots until they give you a reason to. Well, I, I will never doubt the Patriots. They haven't, unfortunately. Well, I mean, they have. There, you know, there's a lot of shakeup and talk of shakeup, but they've been there so much. They've done this for so long. They're they're doing it out of muscle memory at this point. That's yeah. That's it, it's it's kind of a very you know it's a very apt way to put it. It's like someone getting up there who does not give a shit about the songs anymore, but they've played them so much they can go on autopilot. But they're not feeling the music anymore. Right. They're it's, not rocking out. They're not smiling. They're not interacting with the fans. But the chord progression, they got down pat. and you know, They could have done it in their sleep. The, the Rolling Stones of professional football? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty I'm, much. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like of, you know, when, when I saw Aerosmith live, in 90 and was like, yeah, that had about as much emotion as watching a video. I mean, they, all the moves were right, but I'd seen enough bootleg Aerosmith videos from the seventies and shit like that. They, they just weren't the same band. 
they were a lot more professional and they hit all their cues and they weren't as sloppy, but they just weren't up there playing on the edge. Not to, that's, I just realized, didn't they have a song, Living on the Edge? Yeah, I did not, I did not, I really didn't mean to make a bad pun. Oh, wait, are you saying that Patriots are the nickelback of football? (laughs) How about Bon Jovi? Ooh, ouch. But it makes sense. You know, with the hair and the good looks, you and know, the supermodel wife. Yeah, they're the they're the pretty boys who have had success no matter what the fuck else is going on around them. They've had success. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, who the fuck thought that we'd be sitting? I mean, I, look, granted, I don't know jack shit about Bon Jovi. Earl and I have a few friends who are huge Bon Jovi fans. I'd have to ask them. But I know that they've had hits in the last five, six years. Just they're not. I don't listen to the to 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 the type of radio they're on. They're like a lot of they're like a lot of rock bands who've gotten countrified because they're like okay, the top forty is all hip hop and EDM and and pop. So I'm gonna go towards more of the countryside. They've had hits. That's what eighties, nineties, two thousands. In the 2010s, that's ridiculous. And but and here's the thing: they just don't give a fuck about anybody else. You know, yeah. the Patriots don't care about the Wildcat. Don't care about you know. Oh, you got to run this type of offense, get this type of defense. Don't care about you know. Oh, uh, really down 25 points going into the fourth quarter. We don't give a fuck. Yep. They're going to go out there and play living on a prayer, uh, 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 want a dead or alive and keep the faith and get, and get back and get back into the game. They're just going to go out there and just drop what they know is going to fucking work. And boom, the crowd's going to love them once again. Doesn't matter if they open up with their new album. Pretty much. Yeah. Here's, here's, it's my life with an extended 10 minute breakdown. Yeah. Fuck you. We're the Patriots. Uh, it's just, and I mean, you know, that game with against the Titans wasn't even as fucking close as the score made it look. It was yeah. like the Titans were going, can we just get one more touchdown to make it look good to people who didn't watch the game and won't look at the box score? <laughs> it was like a college team wandered into the stadium. It was like a, it was like a college team want to make a wish. You get to play the Patriots. I mean, and the, t- the Titans had to know it was coming. They had to have. And I understand that as a professional athlete, as an alpha male, as someone who hates to lose more than they love to win, you never want to admit you're walking into certain defeat. And you'll lie to yourself and say, no, man, fuck it. We got a chance. This is our time. I watched Gladiator the night before. I'm ready. This is our time. And then you go in there and the Patriots are like, not really. And you just watch the robots make all the right moves. And you're like, fuck. It's a, hey, did you forget Adam Carolla, you were us? Oh, yeah. Always, Adam Carolla always tells a story about when he played high school football. I forget what the name of the school was, but it was a school from across town where, like, it was it was just loaded with brothers that were all, like, you know, twice the size of the guys that were on his team. And he said, you know, they practiced all week, and they were, like, you know, they got extra hype, and were like, yeah, you know, they thought, you know, getting ready for that game on Friday that they had a chance. And he said, as soon as we got out there and we lined up, he's like, fuck, this is going to be a long game. (laughs) 
he said as soon as as soon as the the the, the first the, from the first snap, he was just like, Shh, "Oh God, this is gonna be the longest game of our life." He said it was. He said they got their fucking lunch handed to them. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I had a friend who played uh, high school football. Said the same thing. He was like, "Finally, after the first quarter was done, coach was like, take their knees out.'" That's not, it, Take them out the game. That's the only way we're going to have a shot at winning. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> Just go out there and commit blatant penalties. And I don't care. Who's the worst player on the team? Go in there. Put your helmet on, on his kneecap and bend his knee backwards 90 degrees. That's what I need you to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be like 125 to 3. Make him yeah, look like Bowman now. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fucking invoke the slaughter rule, and there's not a slaughter rule. <laughs> they're gonna bring one in just for the, for us. Yes, <laughs> this game's gonna end up being in a. It's gonna be a benchmark. Well, it's gonna I be mean, the reason why a rule was made. The only game really left to talk about Eagles and Falcons, and I mean, thank you Falcons for ultimately showing us exactly what I thought, or showing me exactly what I thought you were. I mean. Could it be, could it have been set up for them any better? You oh, know they were thinking that. No, dude, you know they were thinking, give us the Eagles. The fuck is Nick Foles going to do? Nothing. And they couldn't even put 14 on the board. <laughs> I like, know, Seriously. Right? <laughs> the high-flying Matty Ice, the high-flying offense, dirty birds get dirty. They didn't even get fucking water spots on them, let alone dirty. It, this was this was a simple case of defense won that game. The Eagles' defense reminded me of fucking the three hundred. Seriously, they just they they formed up and was like, "We're not losing this game. Our time might come, but today ain't the time, and that ain't the team." <laughs> well, I'm just, dude. I it, that's exactly what the Eagles had to do, though. I mean, if right, the Eagles, absolutely. If the Eagles, but you said could it be set up more better for them? Absolutely could. Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, all that, I told you when I picked it, the only thing that was going to determine is how much they won by. And it was. <laughs> Five points because of Foles. That's it. That's all that determined. That defense was way more solid than anything the Falcons brought to, to them. Not to mention the Falcons are a dome team going outside in those elements. No, thank you. Julio Jones was having problems catching in his dome. There's no way he was going to face that defense with those elements and make it work. Well, I dude, dome teams historically don't do well in northern cities. Fuck that. Teams from warm weather states historically don't do well when they travel north. I mean, it's just that that's to me that's one of those it's one of those uh, facts that people throw out and people go, oh, come on now. It's like look at the numbers. Does it support what he said? Yes then maybe you should factor that in. I'm not saying it's the deciding factor, but come the fuck on now. You know, nothing against a guy like Jason Hansen. Do you think Jason Hansen would have had the kicking percentage he'd have had if they were, the Lions had an outdoor stadium all those years? I mean, come on now. He'd have missed, he'd have missed a lot more than he did if he had to fuck with Detroit winners outside. That's just the nature of the beast. Which, I mean, I, we're kind of getting to picks territory. It's got to make me wonder about the Vikings. I mean, they're going, it, it, dude, 
Philly is not a, a welcoming place for the for for the away team on the best of days. And this is the first time they've been. Yeah, in dude, the fucking guy punched a police horse. <laughs> <laughs> Some blazing saddle shit. <laughs> like when I saw that, I was like, only at a Philly game. Only in a fucking Philly game would somebody punch a fucking police horse. So what? I love butter stuff. <laughs> it's butter cup. Butternuts cup. Say it <laughs> up. Butter cup. But no, man. I, dude, I. It, it's. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, we haven't really talked about it, but I mean, the ending of that Saints Vikings game, I, I, at, at this point, it's everybody's talked about it. Jesus Christ, I've seen someone did a, a, a Madden 95 version of it and posted the video. Someone did a Tech Mobile version of it and posted the video. <laughs> uh, I mean, Homeboy going for the fucking Madden hit, the hit stick and missing has been made into so many different memes. One of them, they got him speed skating against Apollo Ono. <laughs> just him with that spread leg head down and it's just this jerky animation of him going from foot to foot <laughs> I mean it yeah that was <sighs> okay hey I'm going to invoke Chris here for a minute hey Saints don't put yourself in that position yeah actually play the first half don't play just the second half well yeah First of all, now, like, didn't they put up nothing in the first half? Uh, I know that, what, the first, was it the first two series, Troop Breeze was one for f- six? Hey, guys. Something like that? I, I got a squirrel moment, and it's not a good one. Uh, the Washington State thing? Washington State quarterback, Tyler Helsinki, shot himself. Yes. Ouch. He, he like he's dead, and that's uh, in his apartment. Wow. Yeah, I don't know shit about Washington that's State, what? so I mean, I can't even, I can't even begin to speculate what that is. The Cougars I actually have them in my uh, my little work region. I have Pullman, Washington, and I just sent you the guy punching the horse again. I thought I had the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wrong device. Here we go. I don't know, man. I just... Uh... Yeah, found dead Tuesday in apartment. This is from ESPN.com, by the way. In Pullman. Uh, he suffered an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head and a rifle and suicide note were found next to him. Uh, they responded to his apartment to conduct a welfare check after he didn't show up for practice earlier in the day. He had just finished his redshirt sophomore season for the Cougars. He started the team's bowl game against Michigan State. Where he got his ass kicked. And was expected to take over for the starting role next season. He was enrolled at Washington State in January of 2015 after attending Upland High School in Southern California. I mean, I completely reckless speculation on my end. I hear something like this, two things go through my mind. Uh, obviously, some sort of depression that wasn't being properly treated, um, or that that he bottled up and didn't let anyone know about. Or I, you know, I hate to say it, but I think like. Drugs somehow, some some way, played a role. You know, I hate that, and, and, and it's completely reckless speculation on my part. I mean, it could have been a bad breakup. Yeah, could woman. be a chemical. 
could have been a chemical imbalance, you know, that, that he just never was diagnosed with, and so he wasn't properly taken care of as far as that goes. Could be something. I, like, I, I hope know. to God this doesn't turn into one of those he took too many hits playing football. That's, see, that I was, was going to say, what about CTE? That's where my mind goes after that. It goes breakup, uh, some sort of chemical imbalance. He was never diagnosed drugs or drugs. And then the next place my mind goes to is, oh, shit, CTE. Now, he shot himself in the head. Not to get too gruesome about it, but depending on the size of the rifle, there's probably not going to be much to examine as far as his right. brain goes. So we may never know if it was that. But I will say I will not be shocked if even if even if there's not enough of his brain left to study, I, I'm sure you're going to hear people start beating the it was CTE drum pretty loud because that seems to be the, the thing to do these days. I just don't know how things get so bad for that young of a kid that you take your own life, man. If you're ill, I mean, it's, yeah. it's the thing, mental illness ain't no joke. Oh, wow. Really, Portland? Stay classy. This dude from Portland, Oregon. I heard he used a rifle because he wasn't very good with the shotgun. Oh, wow. see, no, no, no. Way too soon. Be without my rim shot sound effects. <sighs> and, it, you know, I. It, there's 15 comments on the story, and it's the ne- it's it's the next to last one. So it's it just was posted three minutes ago. I almost made it through 15 comments. And I was like, "Wow, people are being pretty." In a nope, sorry. No, <laughs> gotta have the one the one joker in the crowd. I mean, I can't I can't say shit. I've I've whistled past the great. Oh yeah, I've whistled <laughs> past the graveyard when it was inappropriate to do so a few times. But, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, if I was going to say that joke, I'd probably save it for after we're done recording. I wouldn't say it to you guys while we're recording. You know, like, oh, yeah, hey, the blood's not even dry yet. Here, let me fuck. you know, they haven't cleaned up the crime scene. Let me whip out the jokes here. But that's that's the world we live in with the Internet. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear more about this story one way or the other. So, I mean, if, it, if they just discovered them today because they did a wellness check then they haven't even started to start digging into his fucking life very deep. They just, they haven't had time to. I mean, who the fuck knows, you know, at this point. It's just everything speculation at this point. Yeah, absolutely. We'll find something out this week, probably talk about it next week. It just, I can't see, you know, you you made it all the way to college. You're going to start on a football team. You just get into a bowl game. And where does it go so wrong that you're, you're, shooting yourself in the head i just mm. it's i mean man it's it you know <laughs> this isn't unregimented but i mean it's it, fuck it you know we're it, on a story like this you got to dip your toe outside of the comfort zone a little bit fable saturdays because we on that dude depression's a motherfucker man and people who've never really suffered from it or been around people who suffer from it they tend to either downplay it or get an attitude of, you're not depressed, you're feeling sorry for yourself. And I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, I've dealt with some depression issues, not chemical imbalance or anything like that, to where it's like wildly out of my control. Just life, poor, poor decisions compounded upon, let me pour booze on it and it'll make it better, and it never did. And you don't want to be that way. 
You don't want to wake up that way. You want to feel better. You want to be able to go out and be fucking normal. And for whatever reason, you can be in the middle of the most joyous celebration that you can find at that point in time. And you just feel like you're absolutely alone and miserable in it. And you don't know why. And the thing that you can't do is isolate yourself. But the thing you want to do is get away from everybody because you don't want to hear the bullshit. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, I have family members who who, who used to believe due to their religion that depression was a demon. That you were demon possessed. And all you need to do is pray the, the sadness away. I don't know, know man. It, I, I guess I'd never been around depression long enough to, to get it. I, I don't look at it as you're feeling sorry for yourself or anything like that or get an attitude. I just don't understand it, I guess. I, I've been through a shit ton of shit in my life. You know, you you know, Rich, but uh, I, I have never, I can't even begin to think about pulling and, and shooting myself. I, get, I just, I don't know. But see, at least you're, at least you're honest and mature enough to go... I just, I, I don't understand it. And that's the no, thing. That's it. I, just, I don't, I guess that's, that's my question. I'm, I'm reading this story about this kid whole life in front of him has, has everything set up where he needs to have it set up. And I have no idea what could have made him do something like that. I Which mean, it, if, if you go rob a store or if, if you, you know, you steal something or you, you do something really stupid, commit any type of felony, I would understand to a point, but to, to, to just say, fuck it all and grab a gun and end it. I just, wh- where did it go so wrong that nobody saw it? You know, it, it makes it, it brings you back to people like Robin Williams. Look at his life. Look how funny of a guy he is. And then all of a sudden he's dead. Wait, what? So you're right. It's probably depression. And man, well, that, that's I mean, an I, I, I hope I never run into, I guess. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I've dealt with it more so with other people, you know, in my life. Uh, You know, mine's always been, I can pretty much trace right back to what what started it and, you know, make some better decisions and, and, and get out of it. And I'm lucky in that aspect, you know, but I've been around people who just, for whatever reason, that feeling of hopelessness is always there and it always stays there. And it's, it, you can almost feel it coming off them in, in, in waves. Like there's just no joy. And I, that level of depression, I can't identify with. I, I have no idea what it's like. I, and I don't want to know what it's like. So, I mean, kind of a hellacious fucking transition back to the end of that Minnesota Saints game. But Speaking of depression... <laughs> well, no, I got to ask yeah. you as this because I've heard, <clears throat> excuse me, I've heard a few different theories. You know, the one is he was trying to showboat and get the big hit. We kind of talked about that before we started recording. Um, another one is with the, you know, the, the targeting rules and uh, you can't hit a defenseless receiver. That he was trying to hit him but not draw a penalty, which would, you know, give Minnesota another shot at the end zone, whatever. What do you think happened there? I mean, what are, what are your guys' opinion on that? Yes. I just think he fucked up. All the above. It, I think he misjudged the, where he was going. It's the equivalent of a receiver taking his eyes off the ball. A receiver starts to turn his head to look upfield. But first, he looked at the ball. His hands are positioned right. 
he goes to take and look upfield before the ball gets there. All of a sudden, ball hits him in the hands, pops out. That's what looked like it happened with him. He lined himself up. He was going to make that game-changing, that game-ending hit. He was going to flip him upside down. It was upended. There's no way Stefan Diggs was coming down with the ball as far as he was concerned. But if you watch Stefan Diggs, when he jumps, he jumps sideways, okay? Which changed the trajectory of where he would have been hit. And after he caught the ball, you, you see how he jumped sideways because he has to come down and put his hand down or he'd have fell. Now, when that happened, it was already too late. Williams already had his head down and he was going full on. I'm, I'm fucking this kid up. But that's how he missed. I honestly, when I first looked at it, I thought maybe he was trying to avoid, you know, pass interference and shit. But then I watched it again and again, and everybody watched it again and again because that's all they're talking about. And the more I watched it, the more I watched Williams. And I was like, oh, shit. He was lined up for the big I'm going to fuck you up hit and then took his eye off, literally off the ball. So watch that hit or watch that play a couple of times and don't pay attention to Diggs. You know the outcome. He catches it. Okay. But watch Williams from where he starts his run. He lines him up perfectly and then puts his head down to push his shoulder to where Stefan Diggs' legs would have been. If he went straight up in the air. But Stefan Diggs jumps up and to the right. And when he does that, he takes himself out of Williams' hit. Up and to the right. Up. <laughs> yeah, we need to. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Yes. <laughs> you know, I have to say, one of, the, one of the best explanations I saw on the internet, someone was like, what the fuck happened? Blah, blah, blah. Someone was like, oh, Manti Teo's girlfriend ran on the fucking field and shoved him from the <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Hey, homeboy's never living that one down. <laughs> no, no. Manti Teo is never living that down. He wasn't even involved in that, and they somehow found a way to bust his balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on the field, so. It's, it, it, but the loosest of connections is the only way he was involved. I, was I mean, honestly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what do you what do you think, Chris? I just I, I think he misjudged. Quite honestly, I think he got caught up in the moment, made a miscalculation, and he's not going to be in a Saints uniform next year. I, I, well, I mean, uh, he's a rookie, That's right? Oh, this one under the whoops. I mean, he's a rookie, right? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. You kind of expect rookies to make rookie mistakes, and I mean, I. I if he's not going to be in the Saints uniform next year, I got to think that that's, that's because the fans are like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I mean, and apparently Homeboy has you, been. You, I'm just, I, Apparently Homeboy has been ridden mercilessly and gotten so many death threats and threats against his family and shit. You think he, uh, no, think about it. You think he maybe psyched himself out? Like, think maybe all that ball was flying through the air. He's like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. Oh, I fucked up. I, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I honestly think I, 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 I agree with all you spent on this. I think he was going for that big hit. He was like, I'm going to end this game on a, oh, the, you know, where you hear the whole fucking crowd make that noise. Take the air out this crowd. Win this game. We're going to the, to the NFC Championship game. And he found out life isn't a Madden game, homeboy. That's not how it works, you know. And 
that was the end result. I mean, now I do agree with people who are like, look, man, it's a fucking game. Like, I get it. I understand that, the, you know, it's very disappointing when your team loses. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I still remember the 96 playoffs and, and, and the Red Wings losing to the fucking anal munch and coffee scoring on his own goal. And oh. how, how do you how do you keep how do you keep Keith Primo from scoring a goal? Give him a breakaway, you know. I mean, I remember all that, you know. But I I wasn't like, oh, we got to kill them motherfuckers. Come on, guys, tool up. We're we're riding tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're going you down know? to JLA and we want to see blood. Exactly. You know, that's just it's it, that's ridiculous. You know, people seriously, if you if you feel that way about sports. Turn the TV off. Go for a walk. You know, I mean, look, I get it, but come on, you got to grow up some point. You can't fucking, you can't run around, you know, being some anonymous coward on the internet. I'm going to kill you, motherfucker, you know, and start throwing racial slurs at him because of it. It's like, really, dude? Really? Really? Well, wasn't there some asshole on uh, uh, some video that's been going around on the internet, some <laughs> dickhead threw his fucking TV off his balcony. Oh, there's a couple of them. The the after the Bills game, yeah, there was a guy who he he grabbed his TV, pulled it off the wall, walked outside, threw it off his front porch, went back in the house, came out with an aluminum baseball bat, and took it to his TV. And I'm sitting there going, okay, please tell me that's staged. But at this point, it's shocking. I don't there's know no woman there to go, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> But, I mean, at this point, who knows anymore if shit's staged? I mean, there was no YouTube. There was no cell phones with video cameras in everybody's pocket in 99. And MSU was burning couches and chucking them off a second, you know, story balconies. Why? They won. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's how how you get down on East Lansing. Oh, they party hard. That's for damn sure. But, yeah, I mean, it. Who the fuck knows anymore, man? I mean, I, I, it, for the guy to fucking have to basically suspend his social media accounts, like Chris and I were talking about this uh, ice before you were on the line, and I, I pretty much said, I, dude, look, you're a millionaire. Turn your fucking smartphone off, put it in your pocket, go someplace where there's no Wi Fi for a week or two, come back, shit'll have blown over. Like, seriously, go. Go live life and realize there's more to it than this game. And, and, and there's more to life than what people say on social media. <laughs> if only Donald Trump had said shithole on Sunday <laughs> instead of on uh, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff would have been absolutely different. Yes. Oh, oh man. Well, well, so Should we get into the picks? I don't know, yeah. man. I, I got this, this hit. Not hit, paused right at the right spot. Oh God! I've watched we gonna it have to four walk you or five more to, times. We're gonna have to walk you through how to fucking send us a screenshot because it sounds like you're about to try to give us some John Madden Telestrator shit, and we can't see it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Drawing that, on his screen, we can't see that, Earl. He's gonna he's gonna draw stick figures of this is what I see. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, no. so you got it paused at the exact right moment. What do you see here? He's sitting next to him with his head down. When Stefan Diggs catches the ball, Williams heads down, and he's to the left of him. Okay. It it appears that he was going for that game-like ending hit that we were talking, 
But mm-hmm. now, w- when I see it at that angle, I think he wanted the hit, but then thought, oh, shit, he didn't catch it. And I'm going to get a pass interference call and moved. Well, I think it's pretty obvious he was not aware of his surroundings very much right after the, you know, he whiffed on the hit, whatever you want to call it, because he took out his own guy. Which, I mean, yeah. I, first thing I thought when I saw the catch was get out of bounds. That's and then exactly I like, what I thought. Then a split second later, I was like, no, run! <laughs> <laughs> run, fool! <laughs> there ain't nobody behind you, motherfucker, run! Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that motherfucker didn't keep running and do his best fucking Forrest Gump. Like, seriously, he's waiting for people in the head of the tunnel. <laughs> Hold up signs. Stop! <laughs> Hey, all I do know is that I do got to get the drop of him going, man, this shit feels good. I, yeah, oh, yeah. Was, yeah, all I can say is uh, I got to give it up to God and my Lord and Savior Jesus. Damn, that shit feels good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right, you know, it's, I kind of flash back to what was it, Bad Boys 2? Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. Like, <laughs> they're not the only ones, but all right. <laughs> you know what, though? And, and stupid, but I'm going to give the best celebration to Stefan Diggs. Because after he just shocked the entire NFL world and ran that touchdown, this motherfucker drops the ball, takes his helmet off, and throws it across the field and folds his arms. Like, now what? <laughs> You can play hide-and-seek and duck-duck-goose and, duck, and all this bullshit. This motherfucker just took his hat off, threw it across the fucking field, folded his arms, and was like, yep. <laughs> Best celebration ever. Well, you know, another podcast brought up a point. They never kicked the extra point, which fucked up the line. You can't kick the extra point. The game ended. Well, in a, in a regular season, they'd let him go for the extra point because... Point differential is one of the one of the deciding factors in a tiebreaker. They didn't even fucking bother to to even give that well, yeah, lip service. In in the Super Bowl, they didn't bother, did they? No. Yeah, Super Bowl is just over. The end. Okay, so it's okay. So it's basically once you're in the playoffs, the fuck ever. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You scored you enough won. to yeah you yeah so you you advance. That's all that matters. Yeah, because there is no tie in the playoffs. You just you well, gotta go. Either you you go or you stay. You know. I'm gonna tell you what the dude who was sitting there going, "Yeah, now kick it," and I it, fuck. It's the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why Stefan Diggs was like, "Damn, that shit feels good." He had money on the li- he, he had money on the under. <laughs> oh, Christ. Could right, you could, could you think of a better celebration though, other than throwing your helmet and folding your arms? Like now what? Well, yeah, were they going to give him fifteen yards on the kickoff for he taking the helmet off? Yeah, as good, for all the good that did. I shit you not, the ref threw the flag because he threw his helmet across the field. <laughs> he was like, "What? Yeah, okay, put it on my tab for next season." Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. We'll occur the penalty at the beginning of the next game. Yeah, the, the championship game on the kickoff. Oh, great! All right. So the picks. Yes, I've been avoiding these for like an hour. Why well, have been avoiding them? You went four and zero, son. 
Why? <laughs> <laughs> he set the bar too high. That's right. <laughs> I guess. Uh, for the playoffs, Rich and I sit at four and five. Iceman, you are sitting pretty at six and three. Oh God damn it, Rich! I'm going fourteen. There's no, there's no, there's no asterisk on this season, Rich. He can, he can clearly call himself the Iceman after this season. So let's just get right to it. There's two games. I believe the first one is. Uh, New England and Jacksonville. New England, obviously, at home. Uh, I mean, I think I've already stated everything, you know, way back about an hour ago. I mean, it's... Everything aside, there's just two names that it all comes down to me. Tom Brady versus Blake Bortles. Pats are at home. Give me the Pats. I mean, Jacksonville defense, you only play one half. Brady and Belichick are going to exploit the fuck out of that. Taking the... Tom! Taking the Pats. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the Pats. That's all you got? I I want to <laughs> say something. No, here's the truth. I want to say something else, but it's going to start another conversation and give you another hour to, to jack off instead of fucking give us your goddamn picks. So no. Dude, I can't help it. I feel <laughs> like I'm in the movie Princess Bride. I got to go with the one, the, the one that brought you, so I can clearly not choose the one in front of you. I, I've been... Jacking off Bill Pelichick since I've joined the podcast, so I can clearly not choose the one in front of me. <laughs> All right, whatever, Princess Buttercup, get to it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. I know who's going to win. What in the world is that? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, you got Belichick. I don't care if you got Bernie. You got Belichick. He's at home. Oh. You had a good run, kid. Had to end sometime. Give me the Patriots. There he is. All right. Next, the NFC. Backup versus backup. Vikings heading to Philly. Playing the Eagles. I'm... I'm I'm stealing all of Rich's thunder on this... Because it's, it's how I feel. The Vikings are a dome team. You know, even when the one year when the, the you know, the Metrodome tried to become open air. Still a dome team. Uh, and, I, and I really think that there's been all this talk about the Minnesota defense, the Jacksonville defense. How about the Philadelphia defense? They let by, what was it, 10? That's it? Minnesota led by, what, 24. Jacksonville led by 42. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, this one I'll I'll expand on a little bit. Um, 
for everything you said obviously so just ditto on that uh, the cliche dance with who brought you I said I said don't sleep on the Eagles this season I'd be a fool not to fucking stick with him at this point but I just yeah I think I think the really deciding factor is who's at home who's not and that Eagles defense that place is gonna be fucking shaking like a goddamn earthquakes happening you're not gonna be able to hear yourself in that fucking place God forbid they have to audible out of something what Minnesota does with that crowd fucking doing their best to rip their vocal cords out by screaming and that Eagles defense just chomping at the bit to prove that don't matter who the fuck is back there under center, we're going to win this fucking Super Bowl for them. So, having said that, this is this is kind of an Iceman caveat. I think the Eagles are going to win. I'm not asking for any mulligans or anything. I would... I think it would be cool to see the Vikings win and play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Hey, shit, the Eagles won last week and a horse got punched. Who knows what happens if they'll lose? Well, we're going to find out. I'm going Vikings. That poor horse. Ooh. Uh, Case Keenum... Uh, not as good, maybe. I don't know. The the you know, Jory's still out. He might be as good as Matt Ryan one day. But he's better than Nick Foles. Eagles only scoring fifteen points. Not gonna get it done. Not against the Vikings. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, I think you guys are being deceptive. I think you're duping yourself. You know, Chris, you, you said it earlier, fake, faking yourselves out. Just because they have a backup quarterback and a backup running back, and it, you just don't see any way for them to win. They've been doing it all fucking season. So, I, I, I don't see a way. Here's my problem. I don't see a way the Eagles win. I can't see it. I want to see it, but I can't. I've been going over this time and again. Well, you know, you got the Eagles defense against, you know, a decently powered, well-managed Vikings offense. I mean, even if they hold them down, you still have a a limped, you know, Eagles offense. What are they going to do? I can't find a way for the Eagles to come out of this one. I found a way for them to come out of the other one because, unfortunately, Falcons don't have a defense. Gave just enough room for Foles to get it done. But, uh, you know, Ajayi's only going to take you so far, guys. One more time. Had to end sometime. All right. Go home, Vikings. Play in your dome. Look forward to a Jaguar Vikings fucking Super Bowl. (laughs) I said Patriots, dick. No, I'm just saying, because we all picked the Patriots. That means they got to lose. It wouldn't shock me one bit. I, you know what? Okay. 
fuck it. I can't do an hour on it, but I can give you five minutes if you really need to fucking feel the need to ejaculate that much out of your sound hole, Earl. I'm making a bold prediction right now before the conference championship games, before the Super Bowl. If the Patriots lose this game, I think that's Bill Belichick's last game coaching the Patriots. If the Patriots, no matter what happens, if the Patriots win and go to the Super Bowl, that's his last game coaching the Patriots. And so I think he's going say to, Bill's done this year. And I think he's going to announce it. When they go to talk to him, whether it be a press conference after a loss or talk to him on the field after the win, he's going to announce it there. I just There's too much smoke to be no fire in that article. The only way that article is 100% bullshit is if Belichick is the ultimate Machiavellian, Sung Tzu, evil mind manipulator, and he planted the entire thing just to put a chip on his team's shoulder. And I can't buy that. I just can't. So, yeah. He's too subtle for that. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's that, that's my going out on a limb prediction for the rest of the season because I just I don't see him coming back. And the, facts, the fact that there's so many stories from so many people floating out there about what has been said, what he has said as far as his assistant coaches – as far as his future with the Patriots, I've never known Bill Belichick to be that open about anything. So that tells me that if this is a Hail Mary pass to put a chip on his team's shoulder just so they win the Super Bowl, that he's out of he's out of ideas. And finally, after damn near twenty years, he's he's the well is dry. So even if it even if it is the case, I don't think there's much left there. But I, I tend to put more validity and, and believe the article than you do, Earl. So I I just the only thing is, is I feel Bill's done, left, right, or center. Whether it was Kraft being a final straw or whatever, he's reached the top. I mean, the only thing you could do is, is jump up and down on the top rung. There's nowhere else to go. You have quite literally done everything an NFL coach can do. He could get seven and have all seven as his own until Pittsburgh to suck it. And I, and I 100% believe that's what he's trying to do this season. But it would I, only I don't be think six. Right, but I, I well, I, I think six will be fine for him. I think he's done after this season. I don't I, I don't think it would have taken, you know, this craft thing or T V twelve thing. I just think he's done. And then, you know, it's like I was talking to you know a couple people I work with. Why not just go out and enjoy life now? You've dedicated so much of your time and so many years of your life to this game. I understand it's some, you know, it's what makes people tick. It's what makes people get out of bed. But I mean, you work for a living. Don't forget to live, you know, just go out and enjoy a sunset, go out and, and watch the waves roll. Just enjoy life for a minute. Well, and, I'll say, <clears throat> I'll say enjoy this. life by looking at the five rings on his hand. You know what? I'll say this. I think, one of the things that's really overlooked in that article, including us, when we talked about it, but having went back and reread it and, and gave it some more thought, is that one of the things that he has unapologetically always said, which for Bill Belichick to say anything is amazing, but he's always said is that setting his son up to succeed in the NFL as a coach, et cetera, et cetera, is very important to him. And I don't think that he believes anymore the Patriots are going to be where his son lands. I think it, it's just 
he knows that if he's that loyal to his son, I'm sure his son's looking at the Patriots and, and Tom Brady and Robert Kraft and going, how the fuck could you do that to my dad? The reason you've had this success. Yeah, it's nice you got this pretty boy back here. And yeah, he executes the fucking, the, and, he, and he you know executes the game plan and he, he's, he fits the system perfectly. But it's been my dad who's made all the moves, the shrewd moves, the moves that no other fucking team would have made to keep us, to keep you guys competitive for going on two decades. And, and like I said, when Brady got suspended, Jimmy G did it. Is it because Jimmy G is the shit? No, it's the system. Yeah, he, he's undefeated. Stop it. <laughs> the goat. He's undefeated in the San Francisco 49ers uniform. But system I mean, isn't there. And I just, and I think back to, you know, I think back to when you've had, like, like, Scotty Bowman, the best coach in hockey, the rumblings were that after that 97-98 season, he was done anyways. I mean, there was rumblings of that near as, as the Red Wings approached the playoffs. And the fact that he came out and skated with the cup and then did something very un-Scotty Bowman-like, which was go, <coughs> yeah, I'm done, when they interviewed him. After immediately after the win. And then what did he do? It wasn't but like, I think a few years later, when his son got promoted in the front in the front office for the Chicago Blackhawks, he jumped ship and went to the Blackhawks and basically set his son up for success. I'm not saying that he, the Blackhawks had success solely based on Scotty Bowman and going there and doing that. But I damn sure think he, 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 he was over his son's shoulder going, you might want to do this, and you might want to do this. You might want to do this. And oh, by the way, if you think I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm the best coach in the history of this fucking game. Yep. You know, and I think if Bowman was, it, it, these type of guys seem like family means a lot to him because they obviously don't trust a whole lot of other people. They're not very open with the press. He's not, he's not a crier. He's not a fucking a ranter. He's not a, he's not a likable guy. You know, he's he's there to do a job, and he don't really care what you think about the job he does as long as he gets the job done. Family tends to mean a lot to those guys. And that's the way Scotty Bowman was. Scotty Bowman did not give a fuck what the press thought of him in Detroit. The year they got swept out by the Devils, one of the, one of the beat writers asked Iserman a question, and Bowman come flying across the locker room and basically fucking ripped that fucking reporter a new asshole, walked off, and Eiserman just looked up, shrugged, and said, that's what you got to deal with when you have Scotty as a head coach. And that was the end of the interview. They, you know, they knew better than to keep pushing the issue. So I, I just, I, yeah, I think he's done in New England. And I, we're not picking the Super Bowl, but if he does win the Super Bowl, you might see a, you might see a little bit of extra, you know, malicious smile on his face when he announces he's done. I mean, I saw one smile this season. I mean, that's his quota for like the next five years, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but what better way for him to go? Yeah, there you go. You're now tied. You're now tied with the franchise who's won the most fucking Super Bowls. And guess what? I'm leaving and I'm taking everything with me. It'll be decades before you get number seven. Come on, Pookie. Let's burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
So yeah, it, I, I'm looking it forward is, to it. I have Sunday off, so I'll be able to watch both games. And yeah, no matter what happens, it's going to be because it, it, there's good storylines coming out of either conference. If the Patriots advance, it's the what the fuck's going to happen with them, no matter if they win or lose. If the Eagles advance, it's a rematch of, the, of what the 2004 Super Bowl. And if the Vikings advance, it's the first time a home team's played in a Super Bowl in their own in their own stadium. And if Jacksonville advances, it's holy shit, Jacksonville! <laughs> yeah, if Jacksonville advances, cats and dogs getting along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mass chaos. Basically, the worst parts of the Bible. Yeah, I maybe <laughs> the Jacksonville makes it. Did happen here in Detroit. <laughs> it's it every goddamn Lions fan hope if Jacksonville makes it. Iceman's going to be picking 16-0 and next season if Jacksonville makes it. Uh, he's going to be fucking one. All right, time to trade Stafford for Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man. Get Blake here. And then, Balake. Yep, game one. They get blanked. You done fucked up, Balaki. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up. You know you fucked up, right? Exactly. All right. My my final question on this is: Is it still a tinfoil hat theory that they lost on purpose when Brady was suspended? Here's yes. the thing. Okay. The only the only the the only thing to back that up is just pure spite. Because there's no tactical advantage to it. There's no advantage to throwing a game. It was to show how important Tom Brady was. I told you that's, when it happened. That's spite, though. I don't it think doesn't it was give them spite, a tactical seriously. advantage. There's no upside. Yes, there is an upside. How important is Tom Brady to the Pats? Look, we got beat without him. The very next game smoked the shit out of him. See, I just think of back to when Belichick said, let them score. And basically their defense just fucking, it's like the Red Sea parted. I cannot remember who they were playing. But they let the other team score. And the announcers, and this was before Belichick was Belichick. This was like in mid-2000s. So, I mean, he was just starting to get get that, you know, talk of he might be one of the greatest head coaches ever. And it's just had just really started being ramped up. And then the announcers were like, why would, they looked like, New England just let him walk in and score. Yeah, because New England got the ball back, and he handed the ball to Brady, and he said, now go down there and win this fucking game. That's what the fuck Brady did. There was he there was a tactical advantage to it, as Chris said, an upside. The only reason to lose it and tank a game on purpose and risk your players out there getting hurt, because they're not going to be playing full speed. They're going to be playing people who are going full speed, who are playing football for real, and these guys are out there sleepwalking, like going three quarters speed, like they're doing a walkthrough in the hotel, fucking, you know, a dining room the night before the game. There's too much risk and there's no upside. The only upside is I did it because I could. How is that not spite? This is well, the definition he, of spite. Here's the thing: the, you guys are are dismissing my upside. It was to show how important Brady was. Dude, we get it. You said it four times. Okay. And you keep dismissing it and tell me, but there's no upside. That is the upside. All right. The loss that they had was to Buffalo. And it was not just a loss. That game ended 16 to nothing, Buffalo. A team who made the playoffs? Hang on. 
Four weeks later, stats man, Patriots played Buffalo again. And Buffalo was at home and beat and them say, 41 to I 25. Okay. And I'll a, a say, I said it when you brought it up score. months ago, and I'll say it again. You don't go you don't go 16 and 0. You, okay. you win some, but you lose some. A team some. that they couldn't score one fucking point on four weeks earlier. Again, they you ran are, you up are to acting, 41. Deja vu. You're acting like it's never happened ever in the history of sports. It happens all the fucking time, dude. You'll you'll okay. get your you'll okay, get your so fucking you shit my, handed to you by a you team one time. And then, you answer my question. That's all. What? Did, how did I answer? Still a tinfoil hat theory. Doesn't mean anything. Got it. I just love that we're now back to arguing. Not not the beginning of this season. Sixteen months ago, we're going to talk yeah, about something that happened almost two full seasons ago now. <laughs> because you're telling me that all of this with Tom Brady and, and all of this, there's too much smoke, there's no fire. And I'm showing you this fire started last year, showing how important Brady was. And you guys thought I was stupid and tinfoil hat. You still do. However, well, then, all of if this that's the case, makes sense. If, if you're right and this is the case, then everything that's coming back on the Patriots is Bill Belichick's fault. Because okay. he did show, he did show Kraft how important Tom Brady is, and he convinced Kraft that My Tom Brady to needs that to be point, there. Though, with this situation was, what if it was Kraft telling Belichick, lose this game so we can show how important Tom Brady is? And you guys said I was nuts. And now Kraft's all in the business, and we're trading Jimmy G, and all of this fire and smoke. And yeah, but once I again. I show you that back then, and I was nuts. But you were you based on it because you you're were, suggesting for some, you're suggesting either Bob Kraft Bill Belichick or Tom Brady makes a statement to the team and says, you have to go out and lose this game to show how important Tom Brady is. The only person that has to be on board is Bill Belichick. That's it. He is the play caller. He is the end game. He is the one that says, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Well, here's to me, here's the, here's where the rubber meets the road on this. If that's the case, then that is the best kept secret in that organization. But is because, it? Because now you got all the smoke, and look at the hand and Robert Kraft's hands all in the business. Okay, you're, no, no, you don't get to ask me a question before I tell you why it's the best kept secret. It is, and it's a fact if it is, because why didn't someone fucking come forward and go, we know Bill Belichick, we know this organization, and something was going on with him and Kraft way back then. Case in point, look at that game we lost against Buffalo for no fucking good reason. So, that franchise, everybody in that franchise who gave their opinion in that article knew better than attach their name to those quotes. So you're telling me they know they're going to be able to be quoted anonymously, yet they're not going to say something like that? That these people who football is their entire lives are not going to realize, wait a minute, something wasn't right about that game. Now, if Belichick wins, loses, whatever, and calls it a fucking career with the Patriots and moves on, and let's say in a year or two his kid lands a head coaching job somewhere and Belichick comes in as a special assistant and we start hearing fucking more about the inner workings of the Patriots when he was there, I would imagine that would be one of the first things to come out. Okay, it would have to be. Because at that point, Belichick's going to want to go, see, it wasn't me that blew up this team. It was Kraft and his bullshit holding on to Tom Brady. 
If he'd have listened to me and we'd have fucking put Brady on the bench next season and kept Garoppolo, he'd still be winning fucking Super Bowls. Instead, he's got a busted ass quarterback and a fucking and no coaching. Nobody. I mean, if if, if Patricia and oh shit, who's your offensive coordinator? Doesn't matter. If if their OC and their and their DC are gone at the end of the season and get head coaching jobs, they're not. You think they're going to promote a special teams coach, a linebackers coach, to head coach in in, in New England? No. There's going to be hardly anyone from Belichick's coaching tree. And if they're as loyal to him as they seem to be, he's going to get them better jobs than he's they're going to have with the Patriots. And especially if Robert Kraft is that much of an egomaniac where he's like, and he's so much in Brady's corner that he's willing to go to the best head coach ever and go, you have to lose this game because I want to prove to the world that's how much we need Tom Brady. It wasn't just to prove it to the world how much Tom Brady was. This was a big fuck you to the commissioner, remember? No, I get that. And what I'm saying is if Kraft is that far fucking gone, he's not going to want anyone that has anything to do with Belichick there once Belichick leaves. He's going to want a clean house, and Tom Brady's going to be the one going to him and has his ear. And that's when we're going to find out if Tom Brady really knows football as well as everyone gives him credit for. Because if Tom Brady's basically a player coach on that team, and they install a head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that he wants, and they lose. Uh, Tom Brady, just if he ever had any delusion that he was going to coach, just fucking remove that idea from everybody's head. I'm not. Fuck it. I'm going to be the first ever player coach in the NFL. I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is it's unprovable at this point besides you feel that way. Fine. But it's a pretty good fucking theory, though. Now, You're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to feel however the fuck you want. It's unprovable. If it comes out that you're right, then this entire collapse of this fucking franchise and this dynasty could have been avoided if someone had told Robert Kraft, shut the fuck up, cut the checks, you're not a head coach, you're n- you don't know jack about football, just keep the money rolling in, old man. It's all the fuck you gotta do. But is it likely that no one has the balls to say that to someone like Robert Kraft? You're goddamn right. I've worked with people who won't tell people, tell their boss off over a fucking minimum wage job, let alone when there's money that's being thrown around to people in that organization and the numbers that there is. So, yeah, hold on to your theory. In five years, we might be fucking talking about it. Who knows? All I know is that I don't think fucking, I do not think Belichick is happy. Belichick does not like being told what to do, period. And he feels that he's earned the right to set up the successor to fucking Brady. And Brady and Kraft, if that article is is, is, is accurate and factual, cut his legs out from under him. And I think that's enough to get Belichick in a couple years to loosen it. Get him a couple years away from the game. Get him a couple years away from the Patriots. I think he'll fucking start talking. That's when we're going to find out what really was going on behind the scenes. So I'm, I'm not, I, it, it sound, look, it sounded insane when you said it. It kind of sounds insane now because you can't prove it. And you can't look at us and go, well, you guys say it's not happening. Prove a negative. It's impossible to do that. I can't prove a negative. The burden of proof is on the person who makes the accusation. And the best I'm going to give you and the, and the best you can honestly, if you're being honest with us and yourself, hope for is 
We don't know. Anything else is your bullshit ego talking and pride fucking with you. And that's a bottom line. End of discussion. You feel that sting? That's pride fucking with you. I'm, 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 I, I, I'll say it right now on the fucking record on this show, though. I'm willing to, to be way more open that there's plenty of fuckery that's gone down in the last three to four years in that franchise than we ever fucking knew about. I'll cop to that. I mean, I just, I, Tom Brady, when you put everything together between that article, between shit that has been said by people who used to play with him, the interviews I've seen, his mindset, how he, 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 his mind works. He comes off as a fucking, like, I said it last week, a Tom Cruise kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs motherfucker about certain shit. And if he's got someone like Robert Kraft in his corner, He's going to run with it. I mean, dude, <laughs> think about it. Bonnie and Clyde. Clyde probably wouldn't have killed as many people if he didn't have a ride or die bitch like Bonnie in his corner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get my point? I mean, so Tom Brady now knows, fuck Belichick. It's all about me. I mean, dude, just, I cannot get over that. In no fucking, in the history of this sport, there has never been a quarterback who is going to be Brady's age at the beginning of next season, who has continued to play past that age or, or that age and older, who's had the success, or excuse me, had continuing success like he's had. And for that franchise to not just go, we're going to continue to play him, but to trade their fucking, their safety net, Garoppolo, out from underneath them because he didn't like the competition the fact that that was hanging over his head is insanity to me. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, everybody has to accept. No matter how good it you are at your job, eventually you got to retire, and eventually there's going to be someone there to take your spot. Doesn't mean you have to help them, but it damn sure means you better recognize reality. And I guess that's what, in a very long-winded way, I'm getting at. Tom, I don't think Tom Brady lives in the real world. He lives in TB12 land. Brady gets to have sex with Giselle. The kind of mannish-looking hot bitch. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Any bitch that wears a size 13 and is 6'1", I just got to... Show me show me the DNA. That's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> Are we checking for a prostate? I mean, if that bitch's handshake... Apple? Yeah, if that bitch's handshake can bring you to your knees and while you're down there, you can see her Adam's apple bobbing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Good-looking woman... But if I met her in person, I'd probably be like, that's a huge bitch. You know, so that's, that's all I can think of. <laughs> be like Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop 2 when he meets Bridget Brigitte Nielsen and he's trying to stand on his tiptoes so he's as tall as her. He's like, there's a six-foot blonde bitch in there. This is California. There's six-foot blonde bitches everywhere. <laughs> you know, and that's a good note to go out on. It's your big, fat, goody Google wife. Your big feet kids get in the Goody Google mobile. <laughs> the fuck out. Look, look at my house, Gus. Oh. All right. So, we love you, but next week we're going to know who's playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, and then we're going to have to sit here and go, hey, let's pick the Pro Bowl. None of us care. Yeah, yeah. no, right? <laughs> The, the, the loser at the Pro Bowl is everybody. The winner are the guys that get to go to Hawaii. And hey, the winner is you. Because you have listened. And you have enabled us 
to sit here and babble about sports for another almost three hours. So thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Hit us up on Twitter at Sporty Podcast. You can always email the show, Sporty at ChristopherMedia.net. And yeah. You guys ready for the Daytona 500? Hell yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a month of what? Hockey and basketball. We'll have Mar- March Madness to break things up, but then, you know, spring training's going to start pretty soon. So we'll have that to look forward to. So anyway, we'll see you next week. All right. Later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.